This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome back to Victory Drive, everyone. How is everyone doing this morning? Um, well, I guess it's morning for me, but it could be night for you. It really depends on when you decide to listen to this um, show. So, um, this week I have on Ashley. My wife, uh, we break down um, some of the shooting fundamentals a little bit, uh, just checking in, seeing how she's been doing with her firearms uh, journey. She, I would say she's newer to shooting. She's only been shooting heavy for about a year. So it's kind of fun to just uh, sit down with her and just see what she's been working on, how she's doing, and uh, yeah, just kind of see where she's at with everything. And um I know that I get some good feedback from you guys on when she's on, just because it's it is fun to get there uh, to get together with someone that's newer to shooting and kind of see how they're how they're doing. You know, I'm just checking in, see how they're doing, and uh, see what they're working on. So with her, we go over shooting with a red dot for the first time a lot because she just got a, a Trigicon RMR on her Glock 19. And she's been <clears throat> shooting with that quite a bit and, you know, the pros and cons, how much different it is and what she's been working on to be more effective with that, um, RMR on her Glock. So, uh, yeah, so we'll go ahead and go through some of the partners here. Mountain Ops code victory, 20% off. Um, everyone knows who Mountain Ops is. They supplement company. Um, for hunters by hunters is kind of their slogan, I do believe. And, um, you, whenever you go in, you want to get some, get some stuff like a night, a little caffeine boost throughout the day. You're sick of drinking energy drinks from the gas station. Go to mountain ops, use code victory for 20% off and grizzly, grizzly coolers, grizzly, um, drinkware, grizzly merch. Uh, they got it all there. All right. Everyone knows Grizzly Coolers. They are they are a big partner um, for working class bow hunter and victory drive, and they are 
the first they're the first uh you know team to jump on Victory Drive and say we want to uh we want to support this show and the way they give back to you guys is they gave you a code it's actually code WCB for 15% off any hard side cooler or drinkware or whatever on their website um if you guys are in the if you guys are in the market for a new cooler why don't you just give Grizzly a shot right just check them out uh you can look at them online they have really good stuff honestly uh i use their i use their coolers quite a bit um especially on like long hunting trips and stuff you can throw all sorts of shit in there and it keeps it nice and cold um but one thing they don't say is i actually have the um one of the smaller coolers i can't remember what quarter it is i should do better at that cause, um you know i know i should i should i should do better at that i don't know if it's i think it's a 20 quart maybe don't quote me on that, but it's the one with the metal handle that goes around it. Um, one fun thing to use for that is actually if you're into like smoking meats and shit, um, when you let it, you can put your <laughs> you can put your meat inside there, and it'll keep it really really warm, and it'll let, give that meat some time to rest in there. And it's also nice to just throw it all in there, latch it up, and you can travel. You can put your hot food in there. And travel to like your friend's house here, having a potluck at your friend's house or a little get together, and you are in charge of smoking a turkey. Throw that turkey inside that cooler, throw it in the car. It'll stay hot in that bitch for a long time. And you take it over to your friend's house, bust it out, boom, boom, <laughs> delicious turkey. Um, so that's just another little fun thing that I like to use my uh, grizzly coolers for as well. Is keeping things hot. Something that we don't really talk about a lot. We try to talk about keeping things cool because it's a cooler, but it also works in the opposite and keeps things hot if they're hot, right? Um, so yeah. Also, Africa. We talk about this on the pod on this episode quite a bit, actually. Um, actually, because we did go to Africa together and had an absolute blast. So I won't hit this one to death because we talk about it in the end of the episode quite a bit. But August 26th through September 3rd, 2024, contact me via Instagram or email if you have any questions, gun or bow. Let's go have some fun, people. Uh, Wyoming Bear Camp, May 27th through the 31st. That is uh, Memorial Day weekend. So, or week. Is it kind of when it starts? So, um, you get a free day off if you're a working man and you, you know, get holidays off, then you get one free day off for the hunt. So might as well just go shoot some bears in Wyoming with Trey and Devin Leonard. And, uh, we'll be doing some podcasts there and we only got, uh, four spots available. So get it while it's hot guys. All right. Wyoming bear camp, May 27th through the 31st. And that'll be it for this week's, uh, little rundown here. So I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. I really appreciate all of you, and if you are feeling ever so inclined, don't forget to give this show a five-star rating or a one-star rating. I don't know. If you if you think the show is cool, give me a five-star. If you think it sucks, then uh, message me. All right. Peace, everyone.
China's yeah. China to me. It is China. But China <laughs> doesn't rule. Yeah, their air sucks. Yeah. Can't like breathe there. Does it sound good? Let me just open my uh, milk carton of Franzia. Damn. Makes me want to pee. This box wine turned... I didn't know you could get more white trashy than box wine, but box wine makes oh, many yeah. boxes of wine that look like a milk carton. You get way trashier than box wine. That's, That's actually what? pretty fancy. Mad Dog 2020? No, box wine is like middle class fancy. Mm-hmm. Trashy is like... Mad Dog 2020? Southern yeah. Comfort? No. Everclear? Just probably just moonshine. Moonshine's not white trash. Moonshine's Appalachian, which is white trash. No big difference. Oh, Appalachian is Appalachian? uneducated, uh, mountain living. You don't. No, no, no. White trash is like trailer park affliction shirts that are from Goodwill that are like thirty years old that have rips in them. What you know? That's I have a picture in my head when I think white trash. It's very different from Appalachian. Yeah. I think, when I think white trash, I think like uh, wife beaters. Yeah. That's not Appalachian. I know. That's Appalachian just, is where you need subtitles just, and they're talking about the critters they killed. That's just redneck. Not even redneck, huh? Mm-hmm. That's Texas. Ah, it flies back. Where is it? It's on the light. It blinds me. Okay, I just looked at the light. <laughs> so, Apple. So... Would you, if you are picturing a white trash person, what is it? Explain it to me. Do you want me to say a name? Like, no, just, yeah. <laughs> no. Just uh, uh, explain Okay, the so they, they drive a two-door Grand Prix where the muffler's probably off. They probably have like a, a two-tone even. Okay. Uh, what they're wearing, oversized old... Like rock revival type jeans or something like that, but they're like fifty years old, you know. And then they have a really crappy T-shirt on that was—it's probably like sinful or affliction, but it's too small in the shoulders and it's higher in the back than it is the front. They kind of have bad posture, and they really need to shave. And they've got like, you know, I'm—I'm I'm only saying a man. It's a description. Well, I, I have—I have a very vivid image of white trash in my head. Yeah, men are generally more white trashy than white trash women though white trash women leggings that don't fit correctly probably have some holes in the thigh areas <laughs> cami tank top probably no boundaries so from walmart i don't know what that means yeah you wouldn't uh hair in a bun but they've got that thick headband the stretchy kind that's like two inches wide and oh. it's always back a little too far on their head yeah, looks they, like it's about to pop off they got a kid on their one arm yep. on their hip, and then for two sure, flip flops. Two or three more kids like yelling at them, like yep. just rambunctious fucking smoking. Yeah, cigarettes. and then you got a pack of cigarettes that's either shoved into the cami bra oh, yeah. or into the pant line of the shitty leggings. Mm. I haven't seen. Ooh, yeah, for sure. I see the bra, the bra cigarette holster more than. And you it's definitely a neon pants. bra. The straps, if you if you can see the bra straps, is definitely neon. Neon pink or green. green. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's disgusting. Sure. Wow. Oh my god. I just, I yeah, I just have that image. That's what I think of white trash. Appalachian? No, mm-hmm. no, no, no. Some of the Appalachian people, then some of the nice people you'll ever meet in your life. It's they're, true. White, tr- well, white, tr- white trash people are generally aren't nice, right? No, they're like rude. They're dr- 
yeah, they're just like, they're too bored and they have too much time in their hands and they you yeah. fuck with me. Appalachian, you know, I, the, I bet there's, you know, there's trashy white Appalachian, but I would say that just goes more to white trash, like thoroughbred. Appalachian moonshine drinking. Thoroughbred or inbred? (laughs) (laughs) Good one. Front porch sitting. I don't need no plumbing. I ain't been recorded by the government. They don't even know I exist. I'm just out here living. They probably don't have a birth certificate. Probably not. They probably can't smell. Spell their own last name. If they do have a birth birth certificate, then it's probably wrong. Who was it? Were we watching a documentary? Watching a listen to a podcast of the guy what was that and he uh-huh. he didn't even know who he actually was because they were so illiterate when they made his birth certificate they spelled his last name wrong so when he went to retire and collect social security he couldn't because they're like you don't yeah. exist who, what was that i can't remember shoot i remember watching i know exactly what you're talking about and i remember the information that came into my brain but i don't remember what i watched it on or what it was on. But that's what oh. it was, yeah. yeah. They were so illiterate that when they created the birth certificate, it was different spelling than what this person knew his name to be. I think it was like pretty much completely different. He was just like, he's like, yeah, that works. Gosh, that's right. I don't remember what that was. Anyways. But yeah. And he's like, like yeah, that. Dad couldn't read or write. You didn't know. They just wrote something down. Call her a night. Yeah. Yeah. They live by their own set of rules. And if a documentary crew goes out there, you need subtitles. Yep. Just what it is. Swamp people, but not in the swamp part. Yes. The opposite side of the swamp. Yes. The documentary we watched, uh, The Wild. The Wild wild Whites of West Virginia? Yes. So that is very... The Wonderful Wild yes. Whites of West Virginia. I remember when you, me, and Hunter sat down and watched that. I never... Like, I, I was so excited because I'm like, oh my gosh. I always try to explain to people because I, I grew up in Kentucky... And so they they think, you know, they always think Lexington, Kentucky, like, oh, the horse derby and wealth and white fences and horse ranches. And that's, it's beautiful there. Um, we drive through it when we go to my grandma's, but that's not where I'm from. Where I'm from was very much like the wonderful wild whites of West Virginia. Like <laughs> that was like, yes, the county I was from was so poor and like 80% were on, you know, government assistance and they didn't work and there's no opportunities and there was very few that thrived there so i'm like no i'm not from like howdy y'all but but the people there <laughs> howdy, y'all. you went there with i mean yeah. when when i was finally able to take you there i was so excited because i had explained this stuff I'm like the people the majority are so nice you know they're so welcoming and they're so kind mm-hmm. like authentically kind um that you don't find everywhere especially in bigger cities, but yeah, no, they are. They're just country folk. Yeah. It's nice. Yeah. It is, honestly, going out there was really nice talking to everyone and mm-hmm. seeing how, <laughs> what it's like out there. It's, it was pretty cool, but it's, it's not like, it's not like Midwest redneck. No, it's just, it's different. Yeah. It's like generational. Yeah. Well, um, I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, out with it, honey. Was, Come on. Thinking, you reserved your spot to speak and you forgot. <laughs> I was thinking about somebody specific. Oh, uh, like you went through the town, you know, you met so many people that, you know, I hadn't been back in what, 10 years or something. Well, like eight years. And the people that I, you know, grew up around, they're still in the same exact houses. They're still in the same exact places. I know where to go find people when I go to visit. 
because they just there's not a lot of change that happens there and it's so funny because you got to see all that and meet all these wonderful people and then there's still the movie store there because i we were driving down main street i was like oh my gosh that movie store finally closed there was a movie rental place right on main street not like a blockbuster i'm talking like a it's a mom and pop so fucking movie rental place i always remember growing up you know, we'd go in there the people they lived in the back of the store and behind the counter <laughs> were couches and they would just sit there and they just chief cigarettes like you'd go in there the whole place is smoky and i even remember because you and i remember when what you, kind of cigarettes did smoke kentucky's best it's nice okay. yeah like a dollar a pack probably so they i remember when you couldn't smoke in restaurants anymore that didn't apply to Lee County, Iowa. Like that, people still smoked in places. Lee County, Kentucky. Or there we go. Whoopsies. Yeah. Lee there's... County, Kentucky. It didn't apply there. Like <laughs> people still smoked in places. And so when we went back and visited last year, I was like, oh my gosh, that movie store finally closed. And I was telling Jacob what about this place. I was like, huh? After all those years. Yeah. And then we're it. driving back to where we were staying, and there was this right on Main Street, this trailer that looked trashy and like but oddly like a business but it was it was it was weird so when we went back and i was asking my friend about it she's like that's the movie store they they just moved locations. i was like shut up she's like oh yeah they're still in business and they still smoke cigarettes they live in there and still do the movie rental like, holy shit they don't take much money to uh, make ends meet out there no rent a couple movies a month and got your cigarettes for the you know yeah. time being and you got your food stamps for the i mean yeah i'd live in the dream well, how many people would be pissed if it went out of, if they like shut the doors? You know, who still rents movies? I don't know. At least a couple, I guess. In Lee County, Iowa, at least a couple. Kentucky. There, there is a Lee County, Iowa. I think. Yeah, there is. Is there? Yeah, hmm. sound Southern Iowa, I believe. Um, but yeah, no, it, Kentucky's a wild fucking place. It is, especially cool. like depending on the part of Kentucky. Yeah, you can be from the eastern part. And it's completely different from the West part. Just even even down to the accents, I think. Well, it's like it's just so weird because the eastern part of Kentucky gets more and more like uh, hills have visey, you know? Like, yeah. They, there's yes. a lot more. That's where like the Appalachian Mountains start is mm-hmm. in eastern Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Like western Kentucky is more or less Midwest. Yeah, for versus, sure. Versus like a lot of farmland. And all that kind of shit, right? A lot of wealth in that farmland and the, yeah. you know, especially, you know, the horses and everything like that. Yeah. You get a lot of wealth once you go that way. Because Lexington is Western Kentucky or is it like... It's more central. More central. Yeah. That's like the... That's Didn't like we the, fly the, in That's the there? the dividing line, right? Kind of thing. I'd say, yeah. Say? Okay. Once you start getting more east of that, yeah, you start... There's more haulers you could go down. Yeah. I don't know where we flew in out of flew into. We flew, it wasn't we, Lexington. Was it, it must have been Louisville then. Yeah, because we drove through Lexington. Yeah, they're pretty close. Yeah. So yeah, no, and it was nighttime, Louisville. so I couldn't really couldn't really see much. Yeah. Wait. There's there's the castle, in oh, yeah. right around that area. That oh, I gotta tell the story. It's the best story. When I was a kid, story. my That's grandma lived story. like two and a half three hours from where we lived, and so we'd go there on holidays. And every time we drive there, the castle. Yes. Mm-hmm. We'd stop on the side of the road and we'd look at this castle, uh, this literal castle that was on the side of the road, but it was all, you couldn't go in there, but you could see it from the side of the road. And it was just kind of dark and there was nothing there. It was just empty. There was no, it was just this castle. Yep. And I, 
I should read into this because I've been telling the same story for a very, very long time. And I think it's accurate, but I don't even remember who told me. But what had happened, per the story I know, is that this very wealthy man and his wife, um, his wife loved castles. So he wanted to build his wife a castle where they lived at in Kentucky. And so he had these bricks from a literal castle from like... Ireland? I don't know, France, wherever there was a castle over waters, had those bricks imported and started building her this castle from the bricks of this other castle. And then she died Mm -hmm. and the castle wasn't finished and he never finished it and wouldn't do anything. She died. Yes. I'm sorry. I missed a part. Yeah. So she died. She died before the castle was done. So he just cried. I don't know, but he didn't finish it. And so it just sat for years and years and years and years. Nobody touched it. And then he died. Oh, and then, and now it is a, they, these people came in and they bought it and they made it a bed and breakfast and you can go stay there. And I really want to, it's super expensive. It's like, I don't know, four or $500 a night or something like that. But we will be going one day cause it looks beautiful. It's the castle of Versailles now, I think oh, is the Versailles in France. Maybe it was from, no, the, no, it's in Versailles, Kentucky. Versailles in Italy. I think the reason, I don't know. I'm going to have to start fact checking myself. Treaty of Versailles. The Treaty of Versailles was signed. After World War II, okay. that's how it ended. And I think Versailles, I think it was, was it France or was it Italy? I think it was France. It sounds French. I think it's French. Sounds we'll French. go with French. Versailles. Yes. So it so has anyways, to be, I don't know has if that's to be French true, then. But it, I know it's Versailles, Kentucky, but they got to keep it consistent, right? If I, was I rich, think it's Versailles. If I was rich, I was going to import castle bricks to build a castle. I would go Different. from the European equivalent of the town I'm in. Yeah, makes sense. So if I was going to build a castle on Osage, <laughs> I would import from... Mid- so Mitchell County, Osage, oh... What's exotic? <laughs> Ontario. That's Canada. I was going to say, what <laughs> is... Not, I don't exotic. know about Canada. No, I don't know. I'd probably just uh, go old-fashioned and um, go from like wherever the Osage tribe was at mm. and steal their stuff and build a castle out of it. Osage tribe? There's a tribe? Yeah, because I'm white and I'd steal from the Indians <laughs> some more and build a wow. castle out of it. <laughs> no, there's an Osage tribe. They didn't tree. have castles. They had teepees. I know. So I just built a really cool teepee. That'd be cool. But the Osage tree, a lot of people make uh, make uh, like self-bows, like recurves and longbows out of Osage. It's a tree. It's an orangish really? tree. Yeah. They make it a lot. It's actually very popular because it has a, after it dries and stuff and they bend it and cook it and do whatever they need to do and make it look like a bow and then string it. Um, it has a lot, really good uh, reflex to it. So why is Osage the tree of maples, not the tree of Os- the? Why is Osage the city of maples? Yep. Not the <laughs> city why of. Is it? Uh, because maples are beautiful when they turn. Osages are not. I don't know. The tree's called an Osage tree? Yeah. I don't even know you, what an Osage tree Did you make that up? Like. No. No. It's fancy to do that. I I've just never heard of that. It's because you don't know anything about archery. No, I don't. The last time you shot I a bow, that. it slapped you in the forearm and you cried for a I week. did not cry. I was Wim- pissed. You whimpered. I did whimper. I whimpered loudly. That bitch hurt. You didn't like it. That was a long time ago. You're like, honey, come it's shoot my bow. Now. I'm like, okay, just shoot it. Okay. Slap Black. right in the freaking arm, instant bruise, grew yeah. and grew and grew. That bitch hurt. It did not. It's not look just like shoot, it good. Just shoot guns. Yeah, 
They don't. Yeah, I mean, if you shoot a compound bow, it doesn't slap you. Yeah, I wouldn't mind to. I mean, I it just hasn't made its way into the agenda yet. Yeah, I mean, you're kind of uh, you're uh, stimulated enough learning how to shoot handguns and stuff. Yeah. How's that been going? Well, I was at the range. It's a great day for it because I was at the range all day today. It was a great day for it. It's a great day to talk about it. Oh yeah, well, on I how say, it's wasn't, going. Wasn't that great of a day to do it though? Because it's like it was windy as hell, thousand mile per hour winds. It wasn't so terrible, but it was much more noticeable because the reason why I was out at the range today is because our department were getting issued new firearms and they have we're switching to red dots, and so we have our qualifications tomorrow. So got out there and put some rounds through it. And the wind really makes that little red dot just move all around. But it wasn't it wasn't terrible out there. But it wasn't the best. But it, it wasn't raining or snowing, so. Yeah. How do you like it? I love it. Because um, you, because all the other guys like in your cheating. department, they shoot uh, Glock 23s, right? They, they did. Everybody's everybody switched to Glock 19s now. Uh, okay, I guess I'm not sure about all of them. But they all switched to nine mil. Yes, we all so, switched to nine mil. Yeah, 17 is the full size Glock yeah. nine mil. Gosh, I don't know though because I was talking to one of the guys and they were talking about the size difference with their hand. I well, just assumed a Glock 19 the it's going to be even smaller in the hand feel than a Glock 23. I think it's a Glock 23 is the 45, but. 45 is a lot bigger round, obviously. Gosh, it's still, it's still, a double, still a double stack magazine, even for 45. So it's the the grip is going to be bigger. It's going to be thicker. Yeah, I'm actually so not sure. I'll find out tomorrow. Smaller. Nobody has switched over to them yet. We actually just got them issued um, at a meeting this week um, to kind of get them in our hands, dry fire, take them out the range if we want to. Um, tomorrow we do qualify our qualification course with it, but it's more of a training day as well. Um, you know, Get them zeroed in, get used to it. It, it, it is a big change, so I do definitely feel like I'm cheating a bit with um, having a little red dot to look at, but holy crap, the accuracy improves so much that it only makes sense that we switch to that, um, but it's definitely um, a learning curve. Um, some things that I didn't really think about that would be on that learning curve, it's like, you know, when you first draw up, draw up the... What? It's Glock 21. 23 is 40. 40 Smith & Wesson. Glock 21 is 45. Sorry. I, just <sighs> had, I had to look it up quick. I don't have a Jamie here. Oh, Jamie. Yeah. yeah. So anyways, so like the number one thing once I got it in my hands was when you when you first draw, the dot's not there. You have to like find it. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, I didn't exactly expect that. I mean, you know, we have... We have our rifles, but it was just different because it's just you're drawing completely different, you know, from your holster and your hip rather than, a, you know, full-size rifles. So um, that took I, – I went out twice and just dry-fired, just holster up, find the dot, holster back. And got a couple of tips here and there. A big one that you even said applies even when you did it was that if, you know, you're drawing out and you're not seeing that red dot right away, squeeze – if you're right-handed, squeeze your left hand, your support hand, mm-hmm. like give it a good, like even though you've got your, your hold, give it a good squeeze and it appears. Um, yep. So I, I, cause I've never had that issue necessarily, but I've always had like a strong support hand, like grip wise. 
So you, you didn't but have trouble finding the dot? I, no, I have. I haven't had on a troubles, pistol. No, but um, I when you told me that because I never noticed that before because I've always just had a strong support hand. Like uh, look at you. But then when I, when I went out, when you told me about that, I'm like, oh, I wonder if that's real. So I just had like a little bit looser grip on my support hand, and it was much more. Uh, it is a lot. There's a lot more, uh, much more variance between like the dot moving around if I had a little bit weaker support hand. So with that red dot, it really does ex- accentuate like a, a weaker support, mm-hmm. a support, a support hand. Yeah. So when I, and then when I squeeze it, it did like bring it down and just yeah. right there. Um, I would say, you know, after I dry fired for a couple days, um, I really wasn't having much trouble finding that dot anymore. Every now and then you'd be like, Oh, where'd it go? You know, you got to tighten up yeah. your grip and everything. But, Today was today the first day. No, I shot it a couple days ago. Um, out here at our house, just a little little steel we have. But I went out to the range today and put a lot of rounds through it. I, I don't know. I think it's like three. I don't know how many was in that case. The plastic handle one. I pretty much emptied it out. Seriously, there's probably, probably probably close to three hundred, if not right around there. Yeah, yeah. yeah I pretty much emptied that out. And I didn't know how, I just kind of decided I was going to stay out there until I felt like I was going to shoot a hundred on the qual course. Um, because just so you know, we started the summer with, uh, almost a thousand rounds in that box. <laughs> so that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> I know a lot of those are my, well, I mean, no, we've done. I shot a lot too. I shot quite yeah. a bit too. Yeah. It's just funny. Cause I was at fleet farm today buying ammo and it's just like, it's just funny how the, as Michael Scott would say, as the turntables turn or however. How the turntables have. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> he used to come home with these boxes, and I'm like, "What yeah. the heck? What are you doing? I'm like, I'm buying ammo, stocking up. Every time nine mils on sale, I buy. Well, whenever I go to Mason, I always swing through Fleet Farm or Dunham's, and I buy a box no matter what, whether it's on sale or not. But mm-hmm. I try to buy just the cheaper whatever mm-hmm. is, is there. And whenever something's on sale, I always buy at least a couple boxes of it when mm-hmm. it's on sale, just. Because we're going to go through it. It's almost like it's almost like buying canned goods. Right. You're you going to use them. You're going to use it eventually. And if you don't it use it. It stays good in the pantry. Yeah. Like, uh, ammo doesn't go bad unless you put it in a magazine. So, that's my philosophy. Is like, once it go- gets loaded into a magazine, then you have to shoot it while you're there. Right. Because otherwise it will go bad in the magazine. Yeah. But it doesn't go bad in a box. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good analogy to have. Yeah. It's not an analogy, but. Or whatever. It's no, just... it's been going good though. I, I'm excited. It does feel a little bit like cheating. Um, my best qualification course score, iron sights, was a ninety. Did I have a ninety? You get a ninety-eight once or whatever. No, missing. I think ninety-eight you was one. rifle. Oh wait, no, that, I think that I think was, it was. Hand- it was handgun. I think you're right. Because I remember you were like, I, I would have had it if it wasn't for this instance. I think you had a malfunction. That was the day. Yeah, the you're right. So yeah, th- and that was a big deal for me, um, having that high of a score. And it wasn't the lowest. I mean, not that it's a competition between the others, but it wasn't the lowest score. And you know, I went in when I started. I was always the lowest scoring one. Mm-hmm. I was always passing, but I was the lowest scoring, and I didn't. I didn't like that. What's passing? Ninety. Um, I think by the ILEA standards, it's eighty or eighty-two. I mm-hmm. don't know for sure, but for us, I know I was told like ninety. Ninety is like what I you think. Want. 
If you shoot 90, Honestly, then you're like, okay, I'm cool. I'm not sure. Shoot less than that. Then you're this is a 50, 50 round qual course. Pussy is. Pussy. 25 yards and in. Um, a couple different variations. We do um, one handed, sport hand only. Um, you know, we do prone, kneeling, standing. We, you know, do rapid fire. We, we transition throughout combat reloads. Um, it's, it's a good course, I think. Yeah. I mean, it's challenging. And so anyways, from where my score started, um, my very first call course, I did pass, but it was not, it wasn't pretty. Um, and I wasn't happy with it. It was passing, which meant I could carry and I was, you know, good to go, but I wasn't happy with it. So now with my iron sights, you know, that score kept improving, kept improving, and then went out today, and now that I have, it, it was just crazy because when I first went out there, I'm like, oh my gosh, my I'm going to have 100, no problem. I was just out there by myself today. It's just going to be easy peasy. I'm going to have the tightest group ever, and I quickly let that get to my head and was just relying on that little red dot at the target and let some of my fundamentals go. And yeah, I threw a couple. It was like it's just so evident that 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 dot doesn't do all the work for you just because that's there. You still have to have all your fundamentals and apply them. Otherwise it doesn't matter that you have, you know, a dot on paper and it's right there. It doesn't matter. You still, you know, I was still, I mean, a couple times I was like, I knew it was my grip another time. Um, I didn't have enough finger in the trigger. Well, you know, there was just things that I just kind of got like, as I first got out there, I was like, Oh, this is going to be so easy. And I just kind of forgot wasn't focusing. I wasn't focusing on squeeze, 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 and all the things I had to do when I'm just shooting iron sights. And so I quickly had to re-implement those things, and then my group uh-huh. started looking a lot better. So that's kind of something I've noticed with people, too. It's like, um, <laughs> um, there's certain people, like, in hunting that I've noticed that, uh, I don't know how to say this, I guess, nicely. Just but say it. There's a lot of... There's a lot of bow hunters I've met in my life. Not like the guys that we roll with, you know, like mm-hmm. Curtin, work class and all them. Like everyone that we roll with, they take like bow hunting very seriously and they, you know, they take all their hunting seriously, whether it's with a gun or a bow. But I've met a lot of like, um, hunters that also bow hunt that when they get a, like a rifle in their hand, they're just like fucking laser beams. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's not how ballistics work. Like, no. But like shooting a gun. Yes. It is much more effective than a bow and arrow. Yes. It is. The range is like fucking four times at least of that. Like to, mm-hmm. for like an average shooter, it's easy to shoot like at least four or five times farther than an archer can a proficient archer. Um, so it is easier to get out there at longer distances and make, quick like effective kills and shots um but i have also seen um a lot of guys are like hey i have a fucking gun in my hand so now it's just fucking point and shoot just put the fucking scope mm-hmm. put the reticle on where i want to hit and it doesn't matter if it's you know 50 yards or a thousand yards like it's gonna go there because it's yeah. a bullet it's a rifle right it's not that's not that's not the case at all like there's a lot that goes into shooting a gun proficiently like no matter who you are and what you're using, no matter what your weapon of choice is, it's like you need to put the time in and then you start noticing all those little things, but you need to have your fundamentals down no matter what you're mm-hmm. shooting. Same with a handgun, whether it's handgun or a rifle. Like when you're shooting a handgun, you're like, holy shit, like your groups are this, right? When yeah. I say this, I mean like, what is that? I, a foot. A foot, like 12 inches 
If yeah. you have a twelve inch group with at like twenty five yards, that's fucking good. Like yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty good. You have a twelve inch group at twenty five yards. That's pretty damn decent with a handgun. Um, if you have a twelve inch group at twenty five yards with a rifle, you fucking suck. Mm-hmm. You know, so like it's way different. It is, but you need to have your fundamentals down no matter what you're shooting, whether it's bow and arrow or fucking handgun or rifle right yeah and you're really noticing that and i'm glad that you started with iron sights um in the department that really does hone in your it fundamentals does. a lot is having iron sights and if you get good with iron sights then you throw an optic on there then it's like you know you just said where it's like it almost feels like it's cheating like it yeah. makes it it takes a lot of that guesswork out that we're kind of that you have with irons with the iron sights like you have to line up your rear sight with your front sight post you have to make sure that's leveled and you know, you know, you don't want your front sight supposed to dip or raise above mm-hmm. level with the rear sight, right? So there's a lot more you have to do in order to get the bullet to go where you want it to go. And then when you put a red dot on there, it's like put the dot on the paper mm-hmm. and fucking squeeze the trigger. You well, know? and a great example too is: Do you remember when I first um, I had taken the department's rifle and I had taken it out, and our sheriff had said. Uh, no optics on it. You're going to shoot hundred yards iron sight before you, you know, move on up. And I was like, what, you know? And it was kind of one of those things where I was like hundred yards, like iron sights. And I mean, it was very intimidating and I, you know, even still, I'm such a new shooter, but in, at that point it was very intimidating, but I did, you yeah. know, I, I shot iron sights at a hundred yards and then, yeah, then you get something on there and it does, it almost feels like you're cheating. You're like, holy crap, this is so much easier. But it did very much – I had to rely only on fundamentals mm-hmm. to get that good shot. I mean, it wasn't going to happen any other – And I mean, you're not going to get it anyways. But, yeah, it definitely was uh, good for training purposes. And, um, yeah, I'm definitely going to make sure that I'm still going out uh, with my handgun with iron sights so that I don't – I don't know. Just – to keep up good practice because yeah. you and like like I said today, I really was reminded quickly that you still have to keep all the fundamentals. You really, really do because you can still throw shots just because there's you know mm-hmm. a dot on your paper that you're aiming for. If you're not, if your grip's not tight enough, if your you know fingers not right on it, if you're anticipating it, that still all applies. Yeah, well, it's kind of like uh, I was listening to this guy. Um, this is where so uh, Ben's. Ben Stoger, he's a competitive shooter. He's like USP, USPSA, Grand National Champion, fucking Grandmaster, mm-hmm. badass <laughs> pistol shooter, right? So um, on a lot of his videos, he really harps on being target focused. And we talk about that a lot. And I've told you, you know, it's like, hey, you know, this fucking, if you're target focused. And when I say target focused, I mean, you have your target. And inside of your target, you have multiple little targets in there. You want to aim for the smallest target inside center mass that you can. And when I say target focus, I mean, you're staring at that spot you want to hit the spot within the spot within the spot Mm -hmm. that you want to hit. Right. And then when you draw your gun, you punch out and you're getting your grip on, you're getting your grip, you're lining everything up. Once you do all that, once you draw your gun, that's step one, you punch out and you get your support hand on and you're feeling really good. Then you line up your iron sights. If your iron sights, or if you're, you know, get your dot on that spot wherever you want to go. But then after that, you move through your sights and back onto where you want to hit. Because everything's already there. You've already done all those steps leading up to it. 
and then you're focusing on that spot you want to hit and everything is just a reference. Like it'll be a little bit blurry in your vision, but you're focused so hard on that spot because your brain, the way it works is like, you know, everything's going to stay lined up generally. Mm -hmm. But if you focus on your dot, if you just focus on your dot and try to keep that on that spot, then you're going to see a lot of this, right? You're going to see your your dot shaking all over the place and you're like, oh, fuck, 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 fuck. And then you're just going to goosh and try to, you're going to try to time it. Yeah. And you're going to try to time it. And so when you try to time it, when it's right there at that spot that you want to hit, then you're going to slap it. Mm -hmm. You're going to pull it, right? So you're not focusing on your trigger squeeze. You're not focusing on executing a good shot. You're focused on fuck, 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 fuck. It's almost like hitting slot machines, right? You're just like, stop, you know? Uh, and I so, did that today. Yeah. And you'll, and you'll have that happen every once in a while. But mm-hmm. if you're focused on that spot and you're just going to be okay with uh, that dot shaking a little bit, yeah, you're going to be okay with it. You're just going to trust that you're, it's going to line up. Your brain's going to line that up where it needs to go. And it's fucking weird how it works, but that's how the brain works. That's how the body works, right? Mm-hmm. And archers say it all the time, too. John Dudley says it all the time. Um, Joel Turner, he says it all the time. He does, like, shot IQ. He's, like, a, um, he's a cop. He's a SWAT guy. And he was actually a firearms instructor. And that's how he taught his guys too, was be target focused. Mm-hmm. Like all these really super high level shooters, um, whether it's archery or sh- guns or whatever it is, they are all target focused. Yeah. And it, it makes sense. Cause like, that's just how the body works, but you need to have your fundamentals down. You need to ha- know how to line all that stuff up and move through it and have the confidence to execute that shot. Yeah. And I will say though, um, I feel like having that red dot on there is helping me be more target focused because I really struggled with that with iron sights. Um, you know, when I was first learning and I would get frustrated and everything, it was just like, there was so much, just so much to focus on. It's like, you know, you got to make sure you're standing right. Your hips are right. Your arms are right. You know, you're breathing right. Your trigger finger, your, you know, your support hand, your sights are lined up, your target focus. There's so much that's into one little shot and making sure it goes where you want it to go. And at the beginning, it, it was a lot. And I had really, I had some really bad days in the range. I was just like, I'm just not freaking getting it today. It's, mm-hmm. it's not happening. And then, I, you know, then it got better and better and I'm still learning so much. And, but I, I was, I did have that thought today though, as I was thinking of all this and um, I'm like, I do think it's helping me be more target focused because there is a couple less things to focus on. Right. Um, yep. now I did let that, you know, there was a couple times where, and I've learned this, I don't know if anybody else is this way, but if I ha- have anything else running through my head other than the words squeeze over and over and over, it's not as good. And I mean it like, yep. if I, if I have any other thought in my head other than squeeze, 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 squeeze over and over and over when I pull a shot, I mean, I, that's, that's just has to be what's in my head. That's what I've come down to when I'm on the range especially going through like a qual course, that can be the only thing in my head. And it makes such a difference for me um, mm-hmm. because otherwise I, you know, I think I end up slapping it. I think that's kind of my problem is, yeah, I, I'm like getting right at the spot and I'm like, oh, there it is. Yep. Go. Yep. Yep. There it is. And uh-huh. it's like, and then that's not where it was. I'm so glad that you're getting to that point where you're noticing that stuff because that is what uh, like Joel Turner from Shot IQ, his thing, that's what he fuck that's his big thing that he preaches on is like you know get a mantra get a shooting Mm. mantra whether it's um you know even when you're shooting fast you still have a mantra that you're going through in your head it keeps you in on pace right so it keeps you consistent right so and if you're you're starting out it's like fuck you know it's like okay 
draw, point, uh, punch out, grip, sights, mm-hmm. target, squeeze. That's too much. <laughs> shoot. But it's like really, it, yes. but it's really long, right? When you're first starting out, because you need to really break yes. down all those fundamentals. When, but when you get when you get better and better and better, then it's like all that stuff. Steps one through six are fast, like. You know, they kind of like turn into muscle, two, a little right? bit of muscle little, memory, bit of muscle memory, and you. But you saw that mantra, right? Mm-hmm. So his his thing is like when he's shooting archery, he's like fucking squeeze, squeeze, squeeze. Because when you're shooting, whether it's compound bow or you know a recurve or long bow, no matter what kind of archery equipment you're shooting, you're still squeezing. So you want that back tension. You're squeezing that back tension, mm-hmm. squeezing, 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 and then you're just like squeezing through the shot. Right, so then it's and takes it by surprise. Mm, so yep. a surprise shot, whether you're shooting archery or guns, handguns, rifles, fucking grenade launchers, it doesn't matter. You want that surprise shot that kind of catches you off guard and it breaks, right? And then you're like, oh shit, nice. Yep. Okay. Oh wow, that caught me out. That caught me by surprise. And that's generally your best shot. But and when you're shooting fast, you just want that to happen faster. Yeah. Right. So um, when you're saying that, you're like, you're like, all I need, to, all I want to focus on is squeeze. I'm like, that's fucking great because. You know, you're going to get everything else dialed in, and then all you're focusing on is your squeeze. And that's exactly what you want to do, right? You want to focus on that squeeze because if you are getting that point where you're just like getting nervous and you're like, fuck, 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 I just want, I just want it over with. Like, yeah. just get this shit over with because it's too nerve wracking. Like, embrace it. Mm-hmm. Sit in that shot for a little bit longer. Like, um, when you're training, especially, like, sit in that moment. Sit in that moment right before you, um, the gun goes off. Sit in that moment for a minute and fucking squeeze it. And feel it, feel everything, right? So really fine-tune your shooting by uh, just kind of taking in that moment during range day. Because then when you get the moment of truth, like, I've been here a million and a half times. It's natural. And squeeze, 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 and mm-hmm. you're going to do what you need to do. So it's just a lot, I don't know. It's, 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 it's cool because I don't think we've ever really talked about that, like, in specific of those specific people that preach that no. as instructors. No, I don't think we've ever talked about that. You- so it's cool that you see that as a... I guess, quote unquote, like newer shooter. You've been doing it for a few years now, I guess. Like, no, not even. Not even? A year? Uh, Two. Two, okay. Two. Since we started this whole deal. Because we were living in the last, the old house before. When we started, when you said. No. We were. We were sitting outside and you're like, I want to be a cop. Oh, yeah. Like, okay, well, we got to that wasn't a serious seriously. conversation. No. Serious conversation happened here at this house. Right, but it was the first time. Yeah. So I, I guess I feel like you were already taking it serious by that time when he first asked me. Yeah. So I was counting that. I was like, yeah. So like mental. two years, I would say two years since I started getting on the range, but yeah, you're the one that taught me, you know, it should take you by surprise. And that is something that I repeat. I like that thought is always reoccurring in my head. And it's true. If you're, if I'm sitting there and I'm properly squeezing off a shot, squeeze, squeeze, squeeze. And I, I mean it, that's all I can have in my head. I can't have, anything else in my head except those words. And, and it does, it surprises me. It's like, you know, then you don't have that anticipation. You're not dipping it. You're not having that anticipation dip. And then, um, also Luke, our firearms instructor at the department, he kind of, he, I remember him talking to me about this in a way too. And this was like our first day on the range and I was super nervous and I didn't know what the heck I was doing. And I got so frustrated with myself so many times. And I, I mean, I'll remember that day forever. Probably I remember I got really sunburned too. Yeah. We were out there all day. Just fried. Oh my like, gosh. Wasn't he wearing like a bucket hat and shit? Oh yeah. He even offered me sunscreen. I, I don't like, know. No. I was an idiot. I'm like, oh, we're going to go to the range for like an hour or two. No, we were out there. I needed it. We were, were out like there six hours. We were out there all day long. 
learning fundamentals and holy crap, you know, it's like, it's a lot. And, um, but I do remember him having that conversation with me too, where he's like, you know, it goes boom. Like it, it's, it's not something that you're used to. And you'll, I mean, it basically, he was saying the same thing. Like, you should be surprised by this. It's a, it's a thing going, you know, big loud noise. It's just like, it's okay that it surprises you because you want that. It's an explosion in your hand. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, definitely. I've got a, and when I'm not shooting well too, there's usually a couple things. Um, I feel like I've kind of gotten to a good place where I can self-diagnose pretty well. Um, sometimes like today I, uh, pulled up that chart, that little wheel of corrections, like depending on where you're shooting, if it's low left, high left, or, you know, low right, it kind of, it's a guide. It's not, that doesn't mean that's what's wrong, but it's a guide to kind of help you. And that has helped me before. And today I looked at it and I was glad I did because, um, I was shooting low right. And on that little guide, it says that you are, um, squeezing at you're, you're tightening your grip as you're squeezing off a shot basically mm-hmm. like as you're shooting you're you're tightening up while you're doing it and i'm like that's never anything that i i've really had a problem for so what i needed to do is i needed to change my it was my zero and so a couple corrections on the dials there and change that up and sure enough it lined up so um well in, in that guide saying that you're squeezing it squeezing tightening up your grip your, while, while you're shooting but that that all is part of anticipating the shot, right? It's all yeah. part of anticipating it. Because, like, when a gun's about to go off, a lot of people, like, tense up, right? Mm-hmm. When, they're, when they're shooting rifles and stuff, too, you'll see that. You'll I, When I was in the Army, I was trying to teach, you know, privates and stuff how to shoot. And you could see them, like, they're doing everything right. They're, like, fucking looking down. The, looking down, and all of a sudden, like, right when the shot's... They're squeezing, 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 right when the shot's about to break. They're, like... You see their whole body just, like, tighten up real quick. Mm-hmm. And then their eyes close. And they shoot, but they don't even realize it because it happens so fast. So you have to be yep. really sh- watching it. But it's all part of anticipating the shot and anticipating the recoil, especially where it's like you're gripping it harder at right before the shot goes <laughs> off because you're anticipating it. But you should just be gripping it hard as fuck from the beginning, from the beginning to the end. Yeah, to the end. So it's the same every time. Yeah. So yeah, but and um, I definitely have had anticipation issues. Oh yeah, dipping yep. it. And but I you think don't have those anymore. Really, I don't think they'll, they'll cr- every now and then. Like I've caught myself, I'm like, and like I'll go and I'll, but I'll, I'll catch myself before I squeeze off a yeah. shot, and I'm just like, what the heck? Like, where did that Ooh. come from? But it was really, really bad at the beginning, and the best way I combated that was I dry fired, yep. I dry fire till I couldn't dry fire anymore, and also something our firearms instructor did, which was great, um, is he would he would hand me a mag. Or no, he would just take my gun and then hand it back to me, basically. And I didn't know if there was a live round in it or if there wasn't. And when he first did that, it was the first time I realized what my anticipation was actually causing. I was like, whoa, like, holy shit. I I dipped that gun so far down, I might as well have been dipping it in a bucket. Like, it was so dramatic but when you're shooting your shot, you you don't realize you're doing that. You know, no. you have a big thing going boom in your hand, so you yep. don't realize that you're literally jerking that gun down. Well, and it's a handgun, and handguns it does not take that much movement to have it hit the, have the round hit the dirt. Yeah, like it doesn't take that much movement, so it's a lot. You don't notice it. You know, it's mm-hmm. a lot easier. It's a lot harder for people to realize what they're doing, especially if they're newer shooters, like. We, when we first started doing this, you're like, like you're hitting the dirt, like <laughs> yeah. you're in the dirt because you're anticipating a shot. Like 
I don't yeah. fucking get it. Like, it doesn't make any sense. But at that point, you were already committed to learning. So you're like, well, I need to figure it the fuck yeah. out. So dry fire. And that's yeah. how you fix it. That's great. And it's free. That's the yeah. biggest thing when you talk to people. And it's like, you just can't, you can't preach that enough when you're talking to, you know, people when they're talking about shooting and stuff. Cause it's like, it's, you know, it's not cheap going out to the range and, you know, three, four, 500 rounds through like it, it's, it's not the cheapest hobby there is. Right. And the conservationist to me says go out there and burn a shit ton of rounds, but well, right. But I'm just <laughs> saying, especially new shooters where it's like, it might be, you know, say you're a new shooter and you know, you, you go out and you buy a gun and you want to carry it around and you know, you want to do it safely and you want to be proficient and you want to be able to protect yourself, whatever the reasons, you know, you have that has given you the drive that you're doing this. Mm -hmm. And then you go buy, you know, three, 400 rounds and you're still not getting it. Yep. Your target still looks like shit and you're not, I mean, it's, or that's not fun. Right. That's not fun. And so instead of having to do that over and over where you're spending all this money, it's like, go home watch TV and dry fire things, mm-hmm. you know, just do it over and over and over. It doesn't cost anything. It gets that, it gets that, you know, I'm saying everything that was said to me, yeah. you know, it gets it in your hands. You know, there's, it, you just get so much more comfortable with it and it's free. I would do that all the time when I was, especially when I was in El Paso by myself, like I just fucking have my hand, my handgun. And, yeah, this is fly. this fly. This is, you fucking, we got to take care dude. of this. Ugh. <laughs> I don't even have a hat. Oh, I've got God, this notebook. It's fucking piece yeah. of shit, dude. Oh, it's a He's fat a one. Big old fat fuck. I already got him once, but I didn't catch him. Um, oh my god. Where'd he go? Nope, he's still in here. <laughs> Night closed him in. Oh well. Um, but what I so I was saying. Um, oh yeah, when I was in El Paso by myself, I would do that all the time. Where I just, I just have my my Glock and I make sure I obviously verify that it's unloaded. Yes. Always. Always triple you know, safety, check safety second, but make sure that it's uh, on there. And, um, that's a joke. I was but, like, what? <laughs> I'm sitting here I'm like, what'd you just say? Safety first. Make sure that's unloaded. hundred percent unloaded before you fucking check it 10 times. Anywhere. If you go yeah. out to the kitchen and walk back, check it again. I always rack it a, a few times for one. I like the sound for two. <laughs> it's like, you gotta make sure, but I would just drive out at TV you know, while I'm watching while while I'm watching TV, I would just like shoot the characters I didn't yeah. like. You know, so a character that would pop up, I'm like fucking, and I click on him, like nice, he's dead. He's dead. Um, but you know, I just that's how I would train a lot, and it, it did it did help a lot. But that's one thing that bothers me when I see like new shooters and they're getting trained by someone that isn't that good of a shot either. Blind leading the blind. Yep, it's terrible, especially when you, you see someone that's not hitting the paper like just move closer move closer move closer and that's not a bad thing to get to like kind of just in case the new shooter needs a little bit of a mental boost middle mental boost where it's like okay i just need to be on paper to Mm -hmm. see what i'm doing wrong because when you're not hitting paper you know if you're hitting the dirt or hitting to the left or the right or above it or wherever you're hitting and it's not on paper you're like it gets discouraging like where the fuck am i what am i doing so So move closer so you can see where you're hitting on paper then adjust from there but it's like like once you're on paper, like okay, well that's your that's that's good, mm-hmm. you know. It's like no, it's not. And you need it. What I'm trying to say is, if you have access to an experienced shooter to watch you shoot, that is yes. going to help you exponentially more, like exponentially more. So um, that's 
yeah, obviously, if you have an experience you're watching, that's going to help yeah. you so much more. And also just be a good student when you're getting told what to do. Like you were, you were good, but you weren't good at first. So before you wanted to be a cop, you weren't I, very good. You're- no. And before being a cop too. And you know, I'm not ashamed to admit this at all because I know it is, um, such a common thing. And I've talked to their friends, wives about it. And it's like, we had guns all around the house and you know, I was intimidated. I don't know how to exactly explain it. Other people will know what I mean. It's like, I know how to, I knew how to work a gun. I didn't know the ins and outs of it. Um, there was barely anything I knew about it, but I was comfortable having it around the house and having them loaded in certain areas or in safes and everything like that. But there was so much I did not know. And I didn't feel like I had a reason to know. I had you, you know, I didn't carry one. Um, you had, no, so, you had no drive. To no, learn I didn't. So we, good. you know, we'd go out. We, I would, Bless you it. know, shoot a couple times, and I was just like whatever. But um, one thing I was, you know, super, super lucky, and still lucky to have because I am by no means an expert. I still don't even refer to things right half the time. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm just still so new at it. We just um, had a conversation today. <laughs> you want to talk about that? <laughs> I don't like to sound stupid and it happens on moment, whatever (laughs) it may be. So especially when it comes to firearms, I don't like saying things wrong. And so you're a smart, strong girl. Okay. I try, but you are, you know, that was, that was another thing too. It's just, so I was, before we talked about that, I was super lucky to, you know, number one, have a department that had confidence in me to learn these things. Um, they knew hiring me, you know, I have no military background. I have no law enforcement background. I had been in the jail, but I mean, that's just, that, that, that's different from what we do on the road and what you, what I had to accomplish to be somebody that could be on the road and be solo and everything. So number one, having somebody, having multiple people, having an apartment, have that confidence in me that she can learn this. She doesn't know it now, but she can learn it. We're confident she can. And so we're going to give her the opportunity. We're going to give her all the tools and we're going to give her the time. And, um, then secondly, having, you know, them put them personally put that time into me, you know, our firearms instructor going out to the range with me for hours and hours at a time, multiple times, um, still every call we have, I mean, they're working with us We're it's not just going out there shooting and that's it. I mean, there's camaraderie and everything that goes with it. Mm-hmm. You know, we care about each other and, you know, accomplishing goals. And we, you know, if we notice something, it's like, well, why is, you know, I'm having this issue and we, we talk about it and well, then in, in your department is full of, I would say like studs when it comes to officers, right. like they're all good shots. Yes. Even the worst shot is still a good <laughs> yes. shot. And, um, honestly you have also a department full of like good instructors that are that Everybody want to teach. Teaching. They yes. like teaching. So yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. And we actually, one of our other guys just got, um, he went through firearms instructor school. So we actually have two now, um, and I think everybody there could be a firearms instructor. Um, and then, of course, so I would go out with our firearms instructor, have a long, hard day, come home frustrated or, you know, just wasn't where I wanted to be. I had I had high goals for myself. And so you were, you know, absolutely amazing. And I will admit, oh, you know, thanks. Luke got the better side of me out on the range and you didn't because... Luke was my fire. He was my coworker. He was my trainer. Yep. And so I was professional and, you know, 
There's, the emotions came out a little more when we'd go on the range. My frustration, yeah. you know, it's just like, I just need a minute. I just don't understand why I'm not getting it. And there's a certain comfort level that you have with me that you don't have with <laughs> right. him. So you're like, if he tells you you're doing something wrong, you're gonna be like, Roger, sure. okay. Roger that. Yep. If I tell you you're doing something wrong, I'm like, the fuck am I fucking doing wrong now? I feel like I'm always fucking doing something wrong. You know? And it was never frustration with you. And no, you knew that. It was frustration with myself. And there was only like two times where I'm like, you want to do this on yourself? On yeah. Your own? Yep. And you're like, no. I'm like, okay. Yeah. And you got to fucking listen to yeah. what I'm saying. So, yeah. And like I said, I, I'm i still learning so much. So, on to that. So, we got red dots. Yeah. <laughs> and I've heard the term. RMR so many times and I just always call it a red dot. That's what it is. It's a dot and it's red and it helps you better. Right. So yeah, I had to ask him like, so explain to me what, what the correct way to refer to my red dot is. Is it RMR? Is it Trichcon? Is it red dot? <laughs> yeah. So then you, you had to educate me on the make model <laughs> of. Right. So we were talking about it and you're, you're like, is it, uh, red dot site I'm like yes I'm like i knew that R- i know but you're like how do people ref- how and you're like is it an rmr I'm like yes I'm like well what is the difference I'm like well we were talking I'm like I, I, the way i was explaining i was like the red dot site is the overarching term of the site the rmr is the model churchcon is the maker the manufacturer mm-hmm. and you're like okay i just know what so, ordered like, so you're like you're like how would that go like explain to me like did you bring up the vehicle thing? Yeah. I'm okay. like, so if it's a car, yeah, so how would car. you say it? So I was like, a oh. Ford Escape, you know? Yeah. So it's like SUV is a red dot, is the red dot site. Mm-hmm. Like the Ford Escape is an SUV. The red, the RMR is a red dot site. So it's, that's the comparison there. And then Trijicon is Ford. Mm-hmm. RMR is Escape. Yes. <laughs> You're like, oh. Okay. I just wanted to make now. sure I say stuff right because, well, even the last podcast, well, I think on both podcasts, I've said something that totally didn't make sense. In my head, I'm like, oh, I'm saying it right. But, Maybe. I know, you know. Well, and then it also, you, you always say, you talk fast. Yeah. So you, you talk you talk <laughs> fast and you kind of gloss over things really quickly. <laughs> then, like, I'll, like, red, it'll like, register with me. I'm like, the fuck? Like, when you said uh, Lee County, Iowa. Yeah. You were already, like, 17 <laughs> sentences past that. I'm like, Lee County, Kentucky. You're like, yeah, whatever. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you know, know what off, I off the races, you know? It's like, so like when you're talking a lot of times, it, even if you mess something up, you're just kind of like, it's like, well, fuck, it's too far gone to like, correct her now. I don't want to interrupt the role she's on. So just let it go. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I, I've thought to myself, I have a goal of like speaking slower and, you know, fuck that. No, I have a hard enough time because my brain is going no, so that. fast and my mouth can't always even keep up with it. And that's why I have to talk so fast is because otherwise, if I don't get it all out, I'll forget something yeah. or I'll lose my train of thought. I mean, I surprised ADD brain or whatever, but I've always been that way. I've always been a fast talker. And the times I try to like slow it down, I just sound like Forrest Gump or something. It's just doesn't sound, it's just not right. It's not the same speed as my thoughts and my brain is going. See, I I talk a little, I, I, especially on the podcast. I've been trying to talk a little bit slower, just because if I don't, if I start talking fast, especially when I get drunk, I'll start like talking fast and I'll like listen back on something. I'm like, like the Scalpatine episodes, especially towards like episode three of that. I'm like, I'm fucking drunk. So I'm like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> all the words just kind of flow together into one jumbled up mess. 
And it's almost like, you ever seen those things on the internet where uh, it's like a paragraph and they're like, if you can read this, oh, you're yeah. fucking super smart. Like, you're super awesome. And it's like the first and last letter are right. Yeah. But everything in the middle of the word scrambled. is scrambled up, but you can read the sentence just fine. Like, I feel like that's how I talk sometimes <laughs> where I, like the words come out fucked up and wrong. And, but like people generally understand what I'm it. saying. People generally get yeah. it, but it sounds atrocious. Like I sound like a garbage disposal sometimes. <laughs> Where I'm just like it's just a jumbled up mess because I don't know if my lips my lips are fat my cheeks are fat where it's like like I don't know I feel like sometimes I I do but uh, I think you don't open your mouth very much or maybe it's just because I have a deeper voice and it just I think it's a combination of your deep voice and you don't open your mouth very much some people are like wide mouth talkers politicians do that maybe I should. Talk like a politician some more and enunciate my words a little bit better. Your nose scrunches a lot. <laughs> yeah. Like I just, cause we're watching a lot of Fox News and stuff at work. And I look at these politicians and I'm like, oh, yeah, you can hear every single word they're saying. But then I'm like, yeah, but they're talking like a politician. Like, I don't know. When you over enunciate, sometimes it makes it seem like you're a fucking liar. <laughs> I think. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> One thing before I lose this thought, another thing I want to talk about. That has been different too is with our new guns we got. We I got a new holster. Um, it's a level three, so it's got level three retention. Yeah, so it's got a lot of a lot of stuff on it before you get the gun out. Is that because it has three parts? Well, I don't. So it's it's got. This is where I don't know proper terms. So it's got the little plastic the cover. Strap. No, no, no. That cover, sorry. That covers the red dot. I was working my way through it. So it's got that. (laughs) Yes, that is not, that's not a part of the levels of security on it. That's Mm. to protect the red dot. And then we've got a strap over the top that you push down and forward. And then it's, and you, you do this all in one swift motion. So you push that down and forward, and then your thumb kind of comes off that top one and just goes down into a second bucket button lever thing that you it, it goes back, and then you're able to pull out the firearm. And I was actually pleasantly surprised. I was a little like, oh my gosh, I, it, I'm going to be the one out there, and I'm like pulling on my gun, like come on, it's not coming out. Like what did I push? What the fuck? But it's actually been pretty smooth. Um, it only added pretty much one more motion for me to do. And it's, um, our fire instructor was really big when he was first showing me, he's like, make sure it's all in, you know, one motion. It's not two steps. It's still one step, you know, push down. It's just, you got to make sure you're positioning your hand correctly, that you're able to do that in one swift motion rather than. So, so I will say that you, um, another nice thing about the department you're in, they don't skimp on gear. Like you guys get. Good shit, which is yep. awesome. Uh, so you guys have Safari Land holsters. Yep. And those Safari Land holsters are fucking nice. So when you're talking about your level three retention holster, when you're pushing that strap down, because if you just try to push it, like, uh, if you have that, it's so hard. You have to go forward. It's hard. It's, it's hard down not, and forward. To, there's a little lip on the inside of that strap. You push that part down, and then it, you fling it forward with your thumb, and it flips down, right? Yep. And then your thumb. And then thumb. right there... But right after you complete that action, right 
as you're flipping that down, your thumb kind of comes down, and it's almost like right there on that button already, which is nice. Back because that Safari Land holster, they have it configured in a way where it is you can do it all in one swift motion and still mm-hmm. get your gun out and drawn in a very in a fairly quick fashion. You know, because like competition holsters, if you're looking at like uh, USPSA, they require if you're shooting. Uh, like factory division, then you need to have your trigger guard covered. So if you're shooting open, like some of those open holsters on these competitions, like if you're shooting open division, anything goes. You can mm-hmm. have that gun all raced out, fucking all sorts of crazy shit. And they usually shoot like 1911 platform handguns, put nine mils out of it, double stack nine mils. And it's fucking crazy. Like they have a big frame that comes up. They have the red dot on it. So the red dot doesn't move. So it's over the slide. So the slide reciprocates back and forth, but the red dot doesn't move. So like your gun, the red dot is on the slide. So it's moving no matter what. But those open division guys, they have a fucking arm that comes up and over and it seats over and it sits over top of the slide. So that red dot never moves. But then their holsters, they're completely open. Like it's almost just a post that goes into the barrel of the, of the handgun and it sits in that. So when they huh. go to draw, it's just like right there. Like there's no safety mechanism whatsoever mm-hmm. to hold it in. Really, it's just literally to hold it just there on your hip. Just fucking hold it there on your hip. But when you're a cop, you can't fucking have shit like that because right. because then anyone can just come up and grab your gun and shoot you with it or whatnot. But so those Safari Land holsters, I kind of forgot where I was going with that. Those Safari Land holsters are nice. the, the trigger guards all fully covered. The strap is over top of the over top of the gun mm-hmm. to save it from getting pulled out. And that button, after you flip that strap down, that button is holding the gun in place too. So it's like it's yep. all you can't pull it out without doing so it. You so, get, so you, when you get in a scuffle with somebody, they can't pull that fucking gun out in the middle of the a, a dog fight. You know? Yeah. So. And especially, it's like, you know, if you were to come, you've done it too, where you've come, you're like, let me try and get it out, and you know yeah. where everything's at on it because you're familiar with the holsters, but it, it definitely. If you were to get that first strap down, you're still you're you're thinking because you see the gun. It's like it looks like you should be able to pull it out, but you can't. It's yep. it's it's in there until that second button gets pushed <laughs> and then pulled out. Um, that's what I was gonna say. But yeah, I was pleasantly surprised um, after dry firing. What what I was doing each time was reholstering, pulling it out, drawing, firing, yep. dry firing, and. Uh, the only thing is getting it back in. I never, if we've talked about this on a lot of trainings before, but if you ever watch any, you know, live cop or what is that show called? Live Live PD. Live PD. You know, stuff like that. Or you're even watching YouTube videos. I watch videos like that all the time because I like watching mm-hmm. them. It's fun. And, but one thing that is a common trend, especially in a high elevated situation, a scuffle has happened. Something is going <laughs> on where an officer has drawn and maybe they went from, cause I mean, it's, it's a common thing where, you know, you might start with deadly force, but you switched to non, you know, or lethal force, you switched to non-lethal, AKA you go to your taser. Then, you know, you've got the situation at a point where you reholster, but you're still going to grab your, you're going to grab your taser or something like that. But the big thing you'll see in a lot of videos is the officer, the cop trying to reholster, and he's got his eyes on who he needs to have him on. He doesn't want to take his eyes off. And he's sitting there. 
and they're trying to reholster and it's not going in. They can't find where their gun needs to go back into. And I mean, if, and I've watched some of those videos and I've like watched, you know, if I'm watching YouTube and I'll see how long it takes them to get it. And it can be, you know, a second or two. No, longer. longer. Oh yeah. Sitting there. Uh, I would say, you know, five, six, seven times trying to get that back in the holster. Yeah. And I've always thought I never want that to happen. I never want to be sitting there. Deciding that I am ready, I'm we are at a point in this situation where I am ready to holster my weapon. I no longer mm-hmm. feel the need, but this situation has not yet been resolved. Um, maybe I need to, you know, go to non lethal or something like that. I never want to be sitting there fumble fuckling around trying to get that back in the holster. So that's been a little different. Um, well, trying to get that down smooth because yeah, with that little extra uh, retention on the gun. It, it does seem like the level three is a little bit more, I guess, uh, not finicky, but particular with it's, how you reholster. It's from, You're not just dropping it back in. You know, no, because it's it not in. empty in there. It's not just a hollow shell. It's formed. It's, the gun, yeah, yeah, it's it's got cutouts for everything. And so if it's not lined up, it's not just going to fall back in. Right. If I have it there and I just throw it down, it's not just going to fall in. It's not hollow in there. When you have a surefire light on yours, too. Yeah. So it's like the light needs to go in the, the light yep. spot. If you have it a little too, too far forward, it's never going to go in. If you have it a little right. too far back, it's going to catch. You know, so it's like it needs everything needs to go back into place. Yes, nice where and it needs smooth. To go. If you have something off, then it's going to yeah, fuck with it's not going to go bit. in. So it just takes a little practice, is all. Yeah, like you like you were saying, you're practicing. <laughs> oh, <coughs> holy got fuck! Got that fly. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, oh, Pete's. But yeah, it just takes a little training, and you've been doing good with it like, during dry fire, like reholstering and stuff, and yeah, you know. Unhold, like drawing and holstering, drawing and holstering that fucking gets that mm-hmm. muscle memory down like really well. So, and I said this on the first podcast you and I did when I was just talking about because the first podcast we did that was after I'd gosh been like a year into training and uh field training. And but I remember it was the it was like the day after I got the the check mark, the okay, the sign off that you're on your own now, you are completely certified, you have done all your training. We're confident that you are ready to go solo. And I remember that was a big deal. But I had told you or and on the podcast that this has been the hardest thing to all components cumulatively have been the hardest thing. But firearms was extremely difficult for me. I mean, it was something zero. I mean, not even the littlest bit of experience. And mm-hmm. it's a very skilled thing. It's not just... And you got to keep up with it too. If you know, like our range day video when you and I went out in the spring, it was like holy crap! You oh, tell yeah. we didn't shoot all winter because it was just like, oh yeah, like me, was, me too. Like I, I've shot the majority of at this point now in my life. The majority of my life, I've actively shot guns consistent, like pretty consistently. Mm-hmm. You know, like every. I don't think I've ever gone a like a summer. I don't think I've ever. There's never been a year in my life since I was like 10 years old that I haven't shot a gun at mm-hmm. least a couple of times, you know, that year. So it's like the vast majority of my life I've been shooting guns. So it's, it does, certain things do just come that kind of second nature. Like stuff that I learned when I was 10, 11, 12 is, you know, stuff that you're learning now. Yeah. And it's something that I've always loved. It's just something that like, for some reason guns, I've just always loved guns and like hunting and shooting that kind of, I just love mm-hmm. that stuff for some reason. So it's always been easy for me to just keep up to date with it. Cause the shit does change mm-hmm. like new, 
new guns come out, new optics come out, new new this, new that. New shit comes out all the time. So it's like it's always been easy for me because I've just always looked it up and it's always been yep. part of my DNA, I guess, to look that stuff up and keep up to date. But you're learning stuff that I learned when I was very, very young. And it is hard, it, it's kind of hard for me to catch that stuff without you, like, specifically asking. Like, there's been certain times mm-hmm. in our when I'm training you where I'm, like, glossing over certain things. Like, like, wait a second. Like, we had to sit down one time and I had to explain the parts of the gun yeah. to you. Because it's like, because I just glossed over that. You like, did? Yeah, you, I'm you like, should, I don't like, know what this is. I've known this forever. Yeah. So I just assume that you do, too. And I, it's just the stuff that I never thought about. And you're like... Break it down to me like I'm five. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. Like, all right, Literally. well, this is called your rear sight. Yeah. Like, oh, okay, cool. I saw there were sights. Yeah. Like, this is your rear sight, front sight, front sight post, like, all that stuff, right? You broke it down Barney style. Mm-hmm. And, like, that, I think that really helped for you, at least for me to help you with it because I would just gloss over that stuff if I'm talking to somebody mm-hmm. else. And that's the kind of the difference between guys and ladies, too, is like a lot of guys have more pride. And if I'm talking to a guy that's never shot before they and I ask. do that, they just won't ask. They yeah. just, they'll just be okay with being ignorant. And mm-hmm. you're like, wait a second. Like, what the fuck is this? And why are we doing this? Like, why is it like this? And it's like, oh, okay. Well, you really got to be, and I, I learned this quickly, just like today with the RMR and the red dot and wanting, to, I wanted to make sure I'm saying and understanding it correctly. You really can't. Like, and I've, I, sometimes I make a joke about it too. I'm just like, I don't know what that means. Like, hang on, like, stop. Like, I'm sorry. I know this is, should be like elementary, I guess, in this, but I don't break it down for me. And that's why it, it's a, it is a far goal of mine because I do not feel experienced. Like someday I would love to be able to put on some type of beginner female shooting something because yeah just like our you know matt's wife lex to become an instructor to a certain extent at least yeah well and just to just to go over that stuff because even even like with you know lex our matt's wife you know when she was over the one day like matt has guns she's around him all the time but she was in like the same boat where i started where she's like like i just i'm not super comfortable like if i have to handle this thing she's like i'm not confident and so the very first thing i did is i was like i we went into our safe and everything and I pulled out our Glock and I'm like, can you check this to see if it's loaded? And she's like, no. I'm like, and that's okay. I didn't either. And that's all stuff that most men and especially most men that are shooting, they know this is not anything to teach. This is just something they know. Second nature. Yeah, Yeah. It's, they don't think about breaking that down. But for most females, I would say that's, that's the intimidating stuff. That was the stuff for me. It's like, I know what you do with that thing, but when it comes down to doing it safely, you know, or being confident that I know what's going on with that weapon that's sitting in the safe in our living room or something like that, you know, Mm -hmm. if I, I didn't have the confidence to go check if, you know, it was, and and all I knew before this too was I knew if some, a gun was loaded or not loaded when you would say, well, there's not one in the chamber. What? Yeah. And I know I'm not the only one like, but, and it's, you know, when it comes to women and too, they don't want to seem like a dumb woman that doesn't know anything about guns. And that's the thing. So I I was talking earlier about, um, men and their pride and how they just be like, Oh, okay. I just won't ask. I just won't ask the stupid questions. Even if I don't know Mm -hmm. women have pride too. They're prideful in their own way where it's like, 
it almost, they don't want to seem dumb. It almost comes out as as like fear, fear. to an extent, where yeah. it's like I'm just afraid to look stupid, and it's kind of same with guys, like but not necessarily it's, the same. Where it's like guys will just fake it till they make it, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Women will just be like, I'm not doing it. Right. I'm just not going to go there because I, I don't. Of- I don't. I don't know. Is and girls are okay with saying like I don't know and I don't care to learn. But they would. I think they would secretly a lot more women than we think would like to learn. They just aren't comfortable asking, and they don't have because it is. It's it is uh, intimidating. You know. Okay. So what's the first thing you do if you're you're not you don't have any guns. You're not really into guns, but you want to get into them. Maybe you're getting a little more curious about guns and you're like, Oh, it'd be cool to know that. It'd be, that'd be a good skill to know, especially living in America where guns are ingrained into our DNA as Americans. It'd be cool to know that stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. But what's the first thing you got to do? You got to go get a gun. And where do you go get a gun at a fucking gun shop? And who runs a gun shop guys? Mm-hmm. And who, um, when you go there to look at a gun and you grab a gun and you're like, okay, and you, they put in your hands. You're just like, you this is a foreign it. object. Like, what do I do with this? And you end up, Maybe you point it at someone on accident, like, whoa, 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 don't fucking point that at me. He's like, oh my God, okay, put it down, like, I'm Bye. good, see ya. I right, fucked up. You know, it's like, they're not comfortable going to that gun store and being like, okay, I don't know shit about shit. Mm-hmm. Like, I want a gun, I want to learn about guns, I need some. can you teach me, can someone teach me, can you refer to someone that can mm-hmm. maybe teach me something? Like, this is, that's Go too with much. you to buy a gun. That's too much. That's too much work. We just need to sell there. guns, that way. Well, I know, but that's and- the thing, like, if you... What I was getting at is like if you started it or like that's why I'm a huge believer in like seg- almost segregating women and men when it comes to shooting to uh, oh, yeah. when it comes to learning right yeah I'm not saying women can't compete with guys because it's not a physical necessarily a physical oh look at my favorite female shooter Lena yeah. she's a tiny little thing and she's awesome she can shoot fucking better than I can <laughs> she's you amazing. know so it's like but uh it's one of those things where. I think having female instructors out there in the world is very important for female shooters because it does it just adds a whole different comfort level. Like I can teach Lexi something, but she's going to hear it a lot differently from you, yes, than she would from me she or really, Matt or whatever, you know. And one of the biggest things when when you're talking about you know women still have the pride in it or they don't want to look dumb, primarily from the people we know, what I see. Well, husband has that. Husband knows how. They rely, you know. What happens when husband's not fucking exactly. there, though? And, and you're guess raped what? in the kitchen. Not good. Whew. Well, oh. and they're, they're, I remember even back to when, you know, you were traveling for work and you had to go to Oregon. And I heard a noise outside and I'm the only one home. Yeah. Or Charlie's upstairs sleeping or something like that. You fucking called and, me. Yeah. And it's like, I didn't like that. But it, those instances were so few and far between and nothing bad actually happened that it never gave me the drive to be like, I need to learn this. I would that, think it in the moment, mm-hmm. be like, oh my gosh, we've got to, I need to know how to work this gun. I need to be able to, you know, protect us. Like, you know, if something's going on, but then that, that just kind of would die off. And I think that's a lot of, I mean, I'm sure it's a good percentage. Single women should definitely be learning how to be proficient as well yeah. so they can protect themselves as much as anybody else and any other woman, but I think that is a big, um, lesbians. Back they should know too. Seat. Lesbians are women. I know, but they should definitely know. Oh yeah. Cause if you're a heterosexual <laughs> woman and you're like, Oh, I'm going to, you know, I'm going out with my, my man and he'll protect me kind of thing. Yeah. If you're a lesbian, like you just got another bitch sitting next to you <laughs> that don't know shit. And she ain't going to be able to fight no guy off either. I don't care how butch you are. Ain't yeah. Gonna work. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, and I think that's the thing too. I just think that especially if you have a husband that is a shooter or has guns around the house, like you feel that protection. That's great. And so learning yourself takes a back seat. Yeah. And I don't think we should, I like, I, I just, yeah. Um, and when it comes to like female only training, so I feel like I have a pretty good perspective on this, not in the firearms, but just in general. So I am in a male dominated field and our department, yeah, strong woman, breaking, strong and breaking, woman. Woo, go me. breaking molds here. Uh, oh. I know. <laughs> I've never pegged myself as to be somebody that would break the mold of a male dominated field. I don't feel like I am, yeah. but well, our department specifically. The thing is too, real quick. If you would have came up to me and been like, honey, I want to be a cop. Like, why? Because I want to be the first female officer in Mitchell County. I'd be like, that's dumb. Yeah, that's not why no. I wanted to do it. <laughs> that's, no. that's silly. You want to do it for good reasons, so it just happened. Yeah. Yeah, it did, it did come up organically. Oh, I wish I wouldn't have said that word. I don't like describing stuff that way. I don't like people to describe stuff that way. It can't happen very organically. Yeah, it's kind of vegan. Oh, yeah, whatever. Uh, organic. But no, yeah. it did. I like GMO. It very much came about where I had a thought. And I didn't tell anybody but you about that thought. Time went on um i don't think that thought had even been brought up really to anybody but through experience being in the jail you know working with the other officers and they you know bring people in and then it got kind of presented to me in a way like you should you should try this like these you know you're good at this. so yeah well, they, it they, happened naturally they it also wasn't took you out a couple times as a jailer just be like yeah hey, there's females that need to be searched like yeah, that, and then you did really well, and they're like, "Man, it'd be really cool to have a woman." Oh my gosh, I have like three things I got to remember. On to say. the force, ready to go. Okay, go. Okay, ahead. remind me to talk about female training, female only training. But I got to tell the story quick. Okay, tell so, the story. <laughs> do you remember? So, I this was before the cop journey, far far from the beginning of the cop journey, and I was working in the jail, and. uh we were going to, the guys had asked if I could help with the situation that was going to be happening. And they were like, there's going to be females involved. We have only male officers. We need a female. I'm like, yeah, I'm down. I'm Fucking ready. And I took it so seriously that I had you. I was like, I, I want to do, the, even if I do nothing, but maybe pat down one female. Like I want to be yeah. the best person that pats down that female it could ever be. And so remember I had you hiding stuff. I, I gave you like a little piece of tin foil like hide this somewhere on your person right now and i'm gonna find it and we did that like in the living room and i remember um after becoming certified i ended up telling one of the guys that story like that's how and he was like seriously i'm like i took that night very seriously because i was so excited and i fucking deal i want want, and guess what i did i think there was one female (laughs) you found that crack she had a lighter on her. <laughs> yeah, bitch. That's illegal. No, she didn't have anything illegal. <laughs> no. But I tell you what, if she had, I would have found it. <laughs> but um, no, it did. It it came about very naturally. Um, I I told them in my board interview. You know, I said I told them the reasoning. I said I I feel drawn to this. Um, I've done in my twenties. Now that I'm done with my twenties, I can say in my twenties. I'm an old hag. Yeah. Now that I've entered the new era. Um, in my 20s, I was very like, you know, I don't like to use the word lost. I was testing stuff out. And some, oh, yeah. some older generations don't like the job hopping. Midlife and, crisis. 
No, it was never a oh. crisis. I was fine with it. <laughs> it was everybody else that was having a crisis about me trying a job and then not sticking with it and changing up careers in this area, especially People the Midwest. The it's time. bad. You you, you 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 get a job and you, you keep fucking that. keep it forever. You keep that four hundred one k and you never leave. Are you unhappy? Don't it care. Doesn't matter. You have four hundred one. You have ipers. Don't oh, you ever fuck. leave? Are you kidding me? You got a gold mine. Yeah. So you know, I went to. Early twenties, thought I loved it. Um, kind of stayed on the banking role. I had moved, so I was at one financial institution, and then I I went to another one. And I was like, "Whoa, this fucking sucks!" And it paid like shit too for banking, like yeah. what I was doing. Fuck out of here! Oh my crazy. gosh, it was so bad. The yep. pay was so bad, and especially for what I had, the responsibilities I had, and what I had to do. And like, if I was off even like a penny in my drawer illegal oh uh, it bank shut down basically like if Federal you if banks. you had an offage it doesn't matter if it's a penny or a million dollars an offage is an offage if you had more than three in a certain time period you got put on like probation yeah, that's coming out of your ass oh my gosh like it was oh and it was just shit pay so, so anyways you're not really making money in banks unless you're a big city banker working for like a financial institution like when we're talking about she's a banker but she wasn't like a fucking banker. No. Not like a, well, like a Wall Counts, Street banker. loans, shit like that. Small town banker shit. Like, hey, I need eight grand for this fucking used car. Okay. Well, you have a 200 credit score, so no. We're doing the thing. We start at one story and we never finish it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so. I don't even remember how this started. Anyways. Patting people down. Taking it seriously. Oh, right. So, yeah, I had tried all these different jobs did banking didn't like it got into kind of an accident got into agriculture i did grain mm-hmm. marketing and tested people's corn and beans and worked at a co-op and did that that also paid like shit um and then kind of entrepreneurial side of things and then then started in the jail and that was kind of mainly i went there because the pay was so good and it was it was filling so yeah it all came about very naturally um I, it wasn't something that I was like, this, well, I want to be a cop when I grew up, or was, I want to be a cop when I'm... It was your, you were banking, and then your mom opened the store, you wanted help her with that, mm-hmm. and you didn't have a whole lot of time. You're like, man, if I quit my fucking job at the bank, I can have more time doing this. No, I was at the or, co-op. No, sorry. Co-op. Yeah, you were at the co-op at the time. So, like, man, I have a lot more time to do this, da, da, da. Then you got into banking, but then it's like, then you found the jail, and you start doing that, then you're, you're split so many different ways, and you're like... Fuck. And then COVID happened yeah. and a bunch of other shit. The bank was like, like, you have to get vaccinated. I'm like, bye. Yeah, vaccinated. We're going to kill you. So they said. So you became this- a jailer. And then um, after the frisking of <laughs> other ladies, you're like, I want to be, I want to do this. I like I this. I want to do this. <laughs> I like touching. Oh, and a frisk ladies mower. Touching boobs. Big, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Sweaty under boobs. Oh, God. So crack. I, I remember how we got started in this. Male dominated stuff. Oh yeah. So barriers. Yeah. I don't I don't think I'm doing that. But there was no there's no I'm the only female in our department. And I remember in my interview, you know, asking our chef, I'm like, why why has there never been any females? Like I just gotta I just gotta ask you, you know? Just like nobody I don't, I don't like him. <laughs> Definitely not his answer. <laughs> he said nobody's ever passed all the yeah. and he said it so like simply, like, well nobody's ever, you know, passed all the stuff they needed to to qualified i'm like well that was a simple answer okay and god right bless on. him god bless him for not like lowering the standard just to be like 
we want inclusive. Yeah, be inclusive. He's like, they haven't passed. And, yeah. You know, how many women? Did he tell you how many women have ever applied? No. I should probably ask. not a lot, right? There probably hasn't been a lot of. I don't know. Women that even applied. I don't know. Huh. Either there's, way, there's we don't have a revolving door at our department either, so no. there's not a lot of spot. I mean, you can go what two, three years. They'll there won't they won't there won't be an opening. I think oh, the first three. Well, I was just thinking of how many years I was working for the sheriff's department before there was ever an opening in the depth oh, yeah. with the deputies. I think it was two and a half, three years. Yeah. And that wasn't even expected. You, so generally when there's an opening as a deputy in our county is because the sheriff retires. Yeah. This yeah. Generally that's, how it's been going. Like, yeah. And young, our younger retired than be. He'd been in for 50 years. Yeah. He was 50. Holy 50 fuck. Actually, I think it was a little, I think 51 or 52 years. Yeah. He was sheriff. He was fucking, uh, when he was a deputy, they were pulling dudes out of the fucking bars yes. to go to court. Yes. To have a jury. Where, like, yeah, where he's, should we give him a DUI? No. All right. You're free to go. I can't. <laughs> he, he must have done an article or something. I remember reading. This is his retirement article. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so good. When when he first started as the sheriff's deputy, because that's you when mean, there was a sheriff and a deputy. Yep. <laughs> the he sheriff's. Had, like, he had the to, sheriff owned that one deputy. Yes. Yep. He had to use his own car. He had to buy his own gun, and that's if they when even carried a gun. He they did. No, I said if they did. Oh, like, right. Back in those days, half the deputies didn't even carry guns. And then, um, what did it, it also talked about how if the deputy or the sheriff was needed, there was like an alarm pole thing they had to call from. Oh, it was like was a volunteer that? fire, like f- fire. Uh, there was. Or was it in City Hall or something? Like, they could go there, but they had to... It, that's how long ago... I mean, he was here for 50 years, so... It's a long fucking time. Um, And so, yeah, he was a sheriff for 50 years. So, prior to that, he was a sheriff's deputy. So, yeah, he he was... How old is Yonker? He, he probably didn't even graduate. They're probably, like, at, like, sixth grade, he's like, I'm done. Like, yeah, no yeah. problem. Here's your diploma. <laughs> Here's your he's like, I'm, I'm going to be a deputy. Yeah. Got deputized at 13. Yeah, probably. So back into like the male stuff. So I, what I was getting to was back to firearms and, you know, females and being more comfortable around other females. So I've had to do a lot of training, most all of my training with all or mostly males. Um, Uh. Our defensive tactics classes, our firearms classes, um, the certification classes I had to go to. All of the certification classes I had to go to, which was instead of the academy, um, where I'd go one weekend a month, um, there was never a female in any of those classes. Um, the oh, defensive tactics. There wasn't one female in the class at all, even? As no. As a student? Oh. None of, none of those classes I did. There was I was the only female. In every class, it was a different group of people because you could you had to have eight months of it. And some people, like I went in, it was my month one, but it was their month four. It was ah. just whenever the classes were available. And so, and you could take them at different uh, places that were certified to give the classes throughout the state of Iowa. So some of them, they only came to where I went for one of the classes because there was one more that they needed and this date worked well. So every time I went, it was a different group of people and I was always the only female. Um, and no, then- just a bunch of dudes farting in there. Oh, yeah. And then my defensive tax class, the first one I took, I was the only female. Mm-hmm. 
And that one, I actually felt really bad for everybody else that was involved because almost all of them were actually at that course and they were instructors. They were defensive tactics instructors and they were basically keeping up their check mark to be an instructor. And so they had to attend some other defensive tactics oh. courses. So here I am. So they newbie. Knew. Yes. Yeah. And they're all, you know, and I always felt bad too, because if they got paired with me, <laughs> it was, I like, I only cared. I only felt bad because I'm like, if you're paired with me, it's only for me to try things on you. You know, right. me, 140 pounds, five foot five, you six, six, 280. Like, Jeez. you know, it's just for me to try this out. You can't actually try this out on me. Like you can. Yeah. You know, and that's, it's tough to learn like that. So I'd always feel bad, you know, for that. And I would try and not, I was, I never made a big deal about being the only female. I never did any of that. I just, I tried to be helpful where I could and I took opportunities to learn as I could. But our great and wonderful sheriff, um, last month, he sent me to a training, um, that I was super happy and super grateful. He sent me to, because it wasn't even on my list of things that needed to be done. Um, he had, there was a training that was happening in Minnesota um, the training was put on by, uh, the company is called storm. It's abbreviated. Yeah. It's abbreviated for something, but what's they, it, they, stand for? you know, no, do you uh, No. I'll have to look it up. I, I figured it'd be like, I was going to say something really bad, but don't, they're, a, gr- they're a great company. I know. So, um, the, their <laughs> company puts on several different courses, defensive tactics, firearms, um, firearms, instructor courses, um, defensive tactics instructor courses. They have this huge umbrella of courses that they do. Is it nationwide? No. Oh. Minnesota based. Okay. I believe. Don't quote me on that. I don't know. I've only gone to one of the courses. I'm not so, a journalist. <laughs> so he was like, they're having a female's defensive tactics training. It's for two days. Do you want to go look into it? I'm like, hell yeah, I want to go. That sounds great. So their training was called FACT, and the acronym was Female Arrest Control Tactics. Fuck yeah. Hell yeah. Now, going into it, I was very... I was a little bit like... All females, great. Because defensive tactics, you're rolling around with each other. You know, there's... Hell yeah. I can see this already. <laughs> Bunch of chicks rolling around. Females <laughs> are obviously more comfortable doing that with right. other females. I've had to do it with males. It's fine. It's whatever. It's not the same. Especially when you're talking about, you know, the build of the body. Now, it is important to try defensive tactics on somebody larger than me because most people are larger than me. Mm-hmm. But when it comes down to learning the moves, bef- like just to get an understanding of what you're trying to accomplish, it is much more beneficial, in my opinion, to do it on somebody of similar size or somebody you can actually easily perform this takedown on. So at least learn. Yeah, just right? to learn yeah. it, right? Yep. It's almost like, you know, you, your first gun you shoot, you're not going to get the biggest, baddest one you got. You're going to work up to it, I you know? Charlie said that. When I was shooting yes. with her, she's like, it's nice to start with this twenty two because it doesn't kick, like, at mm-hmm. all. So it's nice to start with, then you can move on to bigger guns. So learn the fundamentals. Yeah, exactly. So I was excited to go to this course. I'm like, I did go to, I did have one of the defensive tactics course that a female was in, and she was a fucking wimp, and that sucked. And because obviously we got paired before this class, we got paired together because we were the two females in the class and it, I, it just kind of sucked. She was, she didn't want to do much and I did. Was she just kind of like, meh, I have to be here. Yeah. Yeah. 
So it was whatever. So I was excited to go to a course. I had high, you know, high hopes for it and everything. And sure enough, it was the best fucking training. It was so great. We had great instructors. They're both um, patrol officers. Um, both of them have extensive background in jujitsu. The one gal had Muay Thai, boxing, like and the one Just who a bunch of badasses. Gosh, her her list of qualifications that she had, and she boxed like all through college. She's like, but I switched it up to jujitsu. Well, I'm not going to go out there boxing people. Right. You know, it's was different she than that. Older. Or? So she was like. Probably 130 pounds soaking wet. She was like my height. And I want to say she was probably upper 30s. Oh, okay. And just this little, like, she looked like she'd be somebody's teacher. She was just the nicest little thing. (laughs) But man, she could kick some ass. She really could. And that was awesome. You know, I'm like, damn. So um, through that two days of training there, Doing it with just females, I was very, even though it's like, I don't know. I don't know what the right word is. It's like, oh, you guys got to have your own little training, female only. It's like you never have just like male only stuff. For the most part, when it comes to that kind of stuff, it's just. Well, no, because that'd, sex- that'd be sexist. But but the female. So, you know, <laughs> if it, I, I if it's kinda, like males only, it's like, well, that's right. sexist. So I understand and I'm not ignorant to like the whole like females only, like. You know, I, I very much had that thought in my head. I didn't want to go and it be this kumbaya of empowerment speeches type thing. Yeah. I just wanted to go learn some shit. And I right. wanted to be able to practice on a female. Yep. And that's what we got to do. And it was really beneficial, very relevant training that we had. Um, we were down on the mats the majority of the time, both days. Um, the end of the last day, they came at us, you know, mouth guards, boxing gloves, and they're like, all right, you got to get us down and we're going to go, we're going to go about 75% on you. You know, we're not going to kick your ass, but we're going to discombobulate you a bit. Yeah. We're going to make it hard, but not And they actually did. And it was, it was just really, really good training. And it kind of was like, you know, there is some, and I take that back to, you know, females you know, training females when it comes to firearms. Like, there's just a comfort level that comes with it, especially when it's stuff that you don't know shit about and against somebody who does. So even with defensive tactics, most boys, you know, not the most, a lot of boys were in some contact sport. Yep. They were in wrestling. They were in football. They were, you know, even other sports that might have been, you know, basketball. There's female basketball and men's basketball, but there might be more contact in the most. It was just... Well, it's... Not until recently, and I think we can think of the UFC and stuff in the MMA for this, but um, there hasn't been a whole lot of opportunities for females to, at a young age, get into contact sports. Because sport that females could yep. do, what was it? It's all non-contact. Is volleyball, volleyball basketball, basketball, softball, softball, cheerleading. Cheerleading, yeah. So it's like... There's Talia all, was the all, only... We had one girl yeah. wrestler. One. Yeah, so it's like, it's all non-contact sports. And now recently, like... Especially the state of Iowa just very recently um, started a female wrestling like division. Yeah, and it's amazing. It's great. Like more women need need more of that, you know. And I think that's going to lead to less um, to less uh, victims. Yeah, and more like just a better society. A dangerous society is a polite society. If yeah. everyone kind of knows how to shoot and defend themselves, then less people are going to get fucking right raped. Yeah, and I I definitely feel like. There is those, fe- I don't know how to explain it in 
not sound like rude about it, but I don't like the, the feminist, the feminist female empowerment. Like we have to do girls only because blah, 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 blah. Like this whole rally for it. Like, no cut to the chase. It is more comfortable for me to grapple and roll around on the floor, learning new things with another female. Yeah. That's the only reason we did it that way. It's not because same thing with weight classes and men. It was just that w- that was the main reason, yeah. and that's how it was treated. And I really appreciated that because I didn't want to go and get all the extra fluff of the female only thing. Because yeah, I'm not, I'm not here. Yeah, like you said, I'm earlier, not here for I'm the sparkles here, and the rainbows. Yeah, I'm not here for a kumbaya moment. And, right, like, feel empowered as a woman. It's like I just want to learn how to fucking do my job better. Yeah, and I know that this training will be more effective if I can do it with something my size. And well, and it's like like in wrestling. And in jujitsu and fighting and all other stuff, even on the men's side, you're training with people that are a little bit heavier than you or bigger than you or whatever else or smaller than you just to get that diversity. Mm-hmm. But generally speaking, you're wrestling people your size. Yeah, your weight, weight class. There's weight classes for a reason. Because if I'm a heavyweight and I'm wrestling a lightweight or I'm fighting a lightweight constantly, like that's not doing anyone any good. Mm-hmm. You know, you need, yeah. to, you need to go with people of the similar body types and stuff just to learn, just to get that, like the repetition, the, the fundamentals of ground down. fighting. That's, yeah. and that was kind of my thing. So you of can course, barely even wrap your arms around me. So it's like, that's not really doing much good to learn, to learn on it. a guy like me. Yeah. Because it's like, you're not getting the fundamentals down because you're not really seeing how it's working. But once you get the fundamentals down, then you can make the, you can apply those same fundamentals mm-hmm. to a larger person. Right. More effectively, I think. Because, so. yeah, I came home and what did I do? I'm like, honey, come here. Yeah. I got to try this new stuff on yep. you. And there was a couple of things where I was like, oh, my gosh, is this, you know, and this is all, you know, um, law enforcement-based stuff we were learning. So, you know, takedowns and whether it be, you know, handcuffing or there were, there were several things. And there was a couple of things I tried on you. I'm like, I want to try this because I was trying on a smaller female or let me try it on you. And I was like, oh, yeah, like the one where... I don't even know what it's called, where I was like, I had my hands around your waist, kind of to the side, head pressed against in between your shoulder blades, and I was basically just trying to... Take me down? No, before I was trying to take you down, I was basically... Oh, swinging at you? Right. Yeah. So I'm not taking blows Mm -hmm. to the head, and you also can't grab my firearm. Like, we tried that for a while, and yeah, you kind of whipped me around the living room like a rag doll. Yep. But, but you stayed on there. But I I was like, okay, this works. So yes, I got to practice on somebody. Learn the fundamental. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Strapped to the hip. So I think it'd be fun someday when I feel um, knowledgeable enough to be able to help other females. We'll make. Yeah. I'll make sure we sing Kumbaya and do the yeah. whole. Well, it's like it's one of those things where it's like I, I get why there's female only stuff, especially when it comes to that stuff, because with guys, like, it's just like you said, you know, it's just true. It's like it's generally male dominated jobs, but there are women that do it. And if you're going to have women that do it, like do those jobs, then you need to set them up for success. And it's good to have them train with each other as much as possible and get them. And most times it's cross department training because, so it's good that you have those little, those groups that go around Mm -hmm. training women to make them more effective on the street. Because I mean, honestly, it's like, that's the most important, um, in my opinion is like to have them trained up properly is more important than like a guy my size. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Cause like I'm a big guy. Right. Generally speaking, if I'm a cop, I'm not going to find a 
do, it's going to be hard to find a guy that's bigger than me. I'm, I'm going to, I'm an above average sized man. So generally people are going to be smaller than me almost mm-hmm. the majority of the time. Right. So, uh, I already have an advantage there. You're, you being you and your size, you're at a general disadvantage all the time. Mm-hmm. So you need to be, you need to have a special attention brought to your, to, uh, I guess hone your skills because you're at, you're already, you're just already at an advantage all the time. So you need, or you're already at a disadvantage yeah. all the time. So you need to have a special, I guess not, I guess not, I mean, not special training, but you need a little bit more training. I need specific, I mean, specific training. There you go. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. suited for, and that's where, so this whole training was jujitsu based and I definitely, um, need to join, um, yeah. our jujitsu gym. Um, the one that Charlie goes to and, I need to do it because I enjoyed it so much and my size came in handy in a couple of the things. So mm-hmm. one of the moves I tried on you, I was, you're bad guy. I'm on the ground where I don't want to be. I'm on my back where I don't want to be. This is a bad spot for me if I was out, you know, working and you're much larger than me and you were on top and my, what the, the move that they taught us, my size, um, it it came into play where it helped me get out of that because I was smaller. Yeah. If you and I would have been switched, it would have been harder for you because you, you know, if somebody your size was on you, it would have been more difficult because it was equal size. But because I was smaller, mm-hmm. it, it, there was a window of opportunity to, you know, do this certain. Sneak in there. Basically. So. Um, I was teaching Charlie not too long ago how to defend like a rear naked choke. Mm-hmm. Like bring your arm up like this and, you know. Put your basically put your hand one of your hands up by your ear and tighten down, make that triangle, and it makes it hard because if they go through your arm, they're not going to choke you out because you have your arm in there. You need a rear naked choke is it's you're on the rear, mm-hmm. it's naked as in you just have their neck, right? Um, I was showing her kind of how to defend that, and then she got my back, and I was up like this, and she slipped right through, and I couldn't <laughs> I couldn't bring my arm tight enough to stop her, right in the hole. stop her little hand. She got in there on me, and she got me in a rear naked choke. I'm like, geez, and she's like. That's where it comes in handy to have little hands, I suppose. I'm like, you're right. It did. Yeah. yeah. So like in situations like that, you yeah. know, it's like a big guy like me, I'm I'm not as flexible. I can't make, I can't close that gap. Like I can right. go right there, but you can slide your little hand oh, right yeah. through there. Yeah. Get right in there. Get get the vitals. So, yeah. But it's, it's just, it just reminded me of that instance with Charlie. So. Yeah. Yeah. So when it comes to firearms and all that, I definitely, if, if there's females that want to even just be more comfortable with guns being in the house in general, um, definitely find, don't, don't let the blind lead the blind, find somebody knowledgeable. For me, it was, they were all males. I didn't have a female knowledgeable to go to and be like, Hey, break this shit down for me. Like I had you and I had our department. It was all, it was all men, but I had to many times be like, Hey, you didn't dumb it down enough. Go back another five steps. I don't. I don't know what mm-hmm. you're saying. Down to the terms. Like I don't. I don't know what you're referring to. Oh, okay. So you have to be able to speak up. You can't just sit there like wide eyed and be like, uh huh. Oh, uh, okay. Like I. I couldn't do that. I've done. I had done that in the past before. You know, joining law enforcement or anything like that. I had done that. Like uh huh. Okay. Whatever. Like don't fucking care. It doesn't really matter. Oh, yeah. I kind of get it, but it probably. I don't get that part, but it probably doesn't matter that much. Like you can't do that. You have to. You have to speak up. Be like, I don't. I don't know. I don't know what that means. Yeah, and that's okay. Maybe so we, tell me. Maybe we should put out more videos of just like the very beginner shit. 
Yeah, maybe. You can do them. I, okay. Fucking A. Signing <laughs> up. <laughs> I don't like being in front of the camera very much, but. Well. I would it do it. I would do it if it means. So I was looking at like my Instagram stuff and I think there's like, I think like 3% of my followers are, are women. Supposedly. Three? Something like that. Well, hey, 3%. If you want to learn more about guns? Yeah, I think most of them are bots, bots. and fucking uh, want to be porn stars, so that's probably not great. I mean, porn stars need guns, too. You know what's hilarious? They protect themselves. Yeah, that's true. We do. Actually, Maybe I can just so. teach porn stars. Prostitutes. <laughs> Let's go to fucking Vegas and put on a self-defense Whoa. for prostitutes training. Prostitutes only. Yeah. You have to be able to only prove your... <laughs> yeah. I'll be sitting at a crab table while you do that oh one. but. Who's that yeah. guy in the corner? Oh, it's just my husband. He's security. He's just watching. Don't mind him. <laughs> yeah. All right. No. Is it getting a little cold in here? <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Prostitutes probably aren't very. They're probably. Oh. Okay. Yeah, well, that was. Sorry. Anyways. But yeah, um, they do need protection. <laughs> so in more ways than one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They do. That's that's that's, yeah. that's it. That's the new business model: prostitute firearms training mm-hmm. at your service. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was fun. Um, I think I was saying something before that. It probably doesn't matter. This is the loop we go in. I know. It's no, our I, table talk. Yeah, no, I think it's that's good. It is really um, a lot easier for me now that you're getting into shooting guns and stuff too, because now. You get it a little bit more. Where it's like, I do. You know, buying the buying the, buying ammo, stockpiling mm-hmm. it a little bit. Yeah. You know, like buying a lot on the sale. The winter, buying a lot on the sale. Like, well, you brought up one time. There I bought that fu- case. There was a fucking case of like, was it thousand rounds? Or thousand rounds, and that was like middle of COVID or yeah. towards, and so it was, was a really. I think it was like four hundred. And at that time, nine mil. You, right there. It it was just when nine mil was just showing back up on shelves, pretty yeah. much. And it was that range I was going to yep. because it was wintertime and I was trying to get ready for quals. And yeah, they had a pallet mm-hmm. and they're like, yeah, it's 400 a case, 1,000 rounds. I was like, Jacob? Does that sound good? Does sound <laughs> Is this a good, good deal? deal? Yeah. So I did my, my own. Oh. Yeah. Well, it was, it was at the time. Good, 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 yeah. At the time. Yeah. Ammo at the time, it was a pretty good deal. And I think it was even less than 400. Honestly. It might have been. I think it was like 300 for some reason. No, Maybe. Like 299 was like ringing a bell. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, no. That, like, so buying buying shit like that, it makes more more sense. So you're not like scoffing at me when I'm buying it, yeah. you know. But um, also, it's just like it's just it's it's fun. It's just nice when you have like your you know your wife, and where you have a bit of a shared interest. It doesn't. We don't need to have same interests for everything. Because if that was the case, it'd be boring. But mm-hmm. it is fun, yeah. you know, like having sh- at least shared interest in certain things, especially when it comes to this kind of stuff. Because you know, Definitely. makes everyone a little more supportive and it's fun. So, yeah. like, I'm more supportive of, you know, taking the side, like, taking the, I guess, sitting on the sidelines and teaching more than doing the shooting. Oh. But yeah. also, like, you. Yeah. And, you know, and, I don't know it's, just, it's, it's, it's fun. And I think it goes kind of hand time. in hand with, you know, uh, when wives, you know, maybe start hunting with their husbands. Yeah. It's, it's different. And you and I had never hunted together before we went to Africa. Yep. And that was like wild. Like that was our first time. Well, and I think it wasn't it Leela and Eric's first time hunting together too. It was, yeah, yeah. Because Austin and uh, Leah, they have 
they already hunted together. Yep. But she's never, she never, she's never killed anything, but she's sat in the blind with them. Yep. And she, um, thought about shooting something before. Yeah. But she's never did. But yeah, like they've hunted together before. I think, yeah, Leela and Eric, that was their first time. That was our first time. Yep. And Leela and I both, I remember saying like, we all knew, like, if we went, we'd have a different outlook on it. Like, we already knew that was coming, but it was true. I mean, it was getting to experience, um, how, you know, the patience, first off, that it takes and how, you know, being the female or being the wife or whatever, and you're sitting at home and husband leaves in the wee hours of the morning, it doesn't get home till late and you, you're taking care of stuff and you're like, well, you weren't here all freaking day. And seeing the, what they're actually doing and the patience that it took to, you know, what they're actually doing out there. So that, that was, that was a big, that was a big thing for it. It's like, okay, the patience to sit in the blind and wait for that. And, but the, you know, when you get the kill and, and it's like, awesome it is. so when you're sitting there for four or five hours and nothing has happened, you've seen some fucking birds and you know, <laughs> yeah. you're nodding off and you got to pee and you're freaking thirsty, but you don't want to drink anything because you got to pee and you don't want to get out of the blind and all of this. And then all of a sudden an animal comes in and it's a shooter and you're oh, like all this oh, shoot, time shoot, we've been shoot, waiting. Shoot, you know, shoot. I had never experienced that feeling. And then, you know, you were shooting bow for two of, well, the first kill that I ever experienced yeah. with you, you were shooting a bow and you drawing back and I was sitting just right next to you filming it, trying to film it. And you shot it off and I'm like, holy fuck. And I didn't know what happened. I'm like, did you get it? And then you guys, you know, you're like, I got it. I was like, that excitement, you know, well, to get like, to share that and yeah. everything. That was, and everybody's talked about it and they say the same thing, but it's true until you experience it you won't appreciate all of it collectively. Exactly. And just the, like, especially Africa is so fun because you are seeing a lot of, anim- a lot of different <laughs> animals. first hunt. <laughs> yeah. Like you're seeing a lot of different shit. Like when you're out here in Iowa hunting, it's like you're waiting for, <laughs> squirrels. Uh, waiting for a, a good deer to come out and you're just sitting there watching nothing, nothing, mm-hmm. nothing. Yeah. Some squirrels, some shit that you see every day Yeah, already. Cause like, you know, we see deer every day. We see squirrels every day. It's like you're sitting there waiting. But then when you have that, really big buck come out and you're like fucking here we go but uh it's just different like if i were to take you on a whitetail hunt in iowa it'd be just a completely different experience but being in africa it was an amazing first experience because it's like you're seeing your everything is new and it's exciting and different it was but let's remember though that we didn't see a damn thing until you shot the first animal we saw you shot Yes. We didn't see shit that morning. We didn't. So I did get, I mean, I was I don't know if there's some sort of, uh, me, I'm a little bit conspiracy minded and I almost (laughs) feel like, you know, maybe these guys put me in the fucking gar hole here for a little while. Maybe they just put me in the bad spot because, you know, Kurt, he is the president of Verdon Class. (laughs) They saw a lot. Giraffes and and zebras. And Eric's the other owner of Verdon Class. So maybe they got the best spots and Doug is Doug. So he maybe got some good spots. Like, well, let's put Jake and Austin, you know, is Austin. Austin, the Lord. So they put fucking junk ass Jake over here, <laughs> and in a blind that no one really cares about. But that wasn't the case. Obviously, it was just something. It's like for for a little bit there, I'm like, man, there ain't shit here in Africa. It's cool and all, but this kind of blows ass for a little bit. Then yeah, then that Impala came in. It's like holy fucking. Um, Chris was like, it's a shooter. I'm like, holy fuck. Okay, cool. Yeah. And I shot it. And then like the next day, it was kind of the same thing. We saw some different animals, which is we saw a lot more different animals, which is kind of cool. But not one that we're after. 
But then fucking that Niala came in. He's like, it's mm. a shooter. I'm like, cool. So I shot that. I'm like, is everything that comes in a shooter? Yeah. Like, I almost feel like this is... Like, we we had right. a conspiracy. We're like, do you guys have these? Because like, yeah. it was always right before lunch. Yep. Like, do you guys have these just like... Like what's going on? Pinned we're in up. a different we're in a different you know continent here. Like are they in a cage over here? And you guys are releasing them right before lunch because it just kind of worked out. I was questioning like, are we even in Africa? Is this just did like, we just fly in a big? Do we fly in a big circle, circle and go into Texas? <laughs> and there's like fucking with us. <laughs> oh. Obviously, that's not true. But it's no. like is is just one of those things. Like fuck, like every animal, every animal that we see that's like cool and interesting is like a shooter. So I was like, that's cool. But then like, but then, then it's it fucking five Gosh. days of. We saw four a or five days. Four or five days four. of nothing because we're in the kudu hole. No, no, no. Hang on. Okay. First day, didn't see shit in Paula. Second day, first half of the day, didn't see shit in Niala. Well, the, and then the, I. Yeah, the Niala came in. Like, it was weird because, like, it was nothing, nothing, nothing. Then, like, a bunch of animals. Then the Niala came mm-hmm. in. When there's a bunch of animals around, so there's a lot of chaos as I, as I shot. And, and then. then like, and then I want to say the. Th- Third day is when, because everybody was talking about, and I had all these videos of like the giraffes they saw and the zebras and the monkeys. I'm like, I haven't seen any of that. Like, yeah. what the hell? And I was getting really jealous. And I'm like, I want to see all these animals. What the heck? And then I think it was the third day before we went kudu hard. Yeah. Because we, we were two days in and had to kill each day. We're like, we're going to be done and just relaxing at the lounge, you know? Three, maybe four days in, we're done. And then I think it was the third day when I especially got a lot of videos and we saw a lot of, and we, we even did. saw kudu. We saw kudu we bulls. That was that I can't remember what the blind was called, but we saw a roan antelope, which no one else saw. Yeah. Which was fucking awesome. Like we saw a lot of shit. I remember getting a lot of videos that day, yeah. um, and a lot of different animals. I was like, This is this, this is, is Africa. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And um we were feeling good about the kudu because um there were some kudus that came in, um, and then days four, five, and six, six. is nothing. we nothing. went we nothing. well we went because hard. we went to places where there was nothing but kudu. Yeah, well, we told Stuart. He's like, he's like, are you guys really set on kudu? And we're like, yes. yes. He's like, okay, all right. And he told us he gave yep. us fair warning. Like, and yep. all, all I said before was obviously ingest like that's they didn't put us in shit plans they wanted us to be successful mm-hmm. it was all a joke but what i'm saying is like the next the when we told Stuart like we want kudu and he's like okay i'm gonna put you in these spots that we're seeing kudu but i am telling you you're not gonna see anything very exciting unless it's a kudu and it's, if you do birds? see a kudu it's gonna be a shooter we're like put, put us there, there. Right, yeah, unanimous decision. Like, put it there. He's like, okay. He's like, I warned you. I'm like, okay, cool. And it's right next to the fucking meat shack. The last two the days were the shed. meat shack. No, we, it, was the, it was after the third day. It was like the next two days. Because then he sent us to the next. Oh, yeah. Then we did the pop up one. Pop up lines. Because uh, he had, they nowhere. had cameras out and they're like, oh, we're seeing Kudu. What were those stupid yeah. little birds? Guinea. They were guineas. They were so cool for like the first hour. We have them here in America. Oh. They're called guinea, guinea fowl. But people have them on their farms. They eat like a lot of bugs and shit and we snakes saw and stuff. So, so many fucking guineas. <laughs> the monkeys. Because yeah, and there those was and I, I was fine with the monkeys. The monkeys entertained me. Yeah, you know, sitting out day all, all day in a blind. But the biggest thing that I was scared of is when we moved for kudu only. We were in that which props to them. They threw up this blind that was exceptional. Right by the meat shack, because there yeah. was kudus that were coming in over there. And they, like, even with people at 
the the skin or not the meat shack the skinning shack, shack. <laughs> the, well meat shack whatever rad shack meat shack and abednego <laughs> what from the bible you know vegetales shadrach meshach and abednego yeah really i don't remember that part oh my gosh <laughs> in the burning bush i grew up a church girl yeah. so anyways um i went to church too i know but i not, was i was in the baptist not, bible thumping state not in the fucking what they call it, the, Bi- the bible belt yes we were very much in the bible okay so meat shack <laughs> So they put that blind up, they built it up and it was exceptional, but it was, it was outside. The other blinds we had been in were, um, cement and sealed doors and I Tile floors. Yes. With a little couch bench thing and And geckos. Yeah. There were some geckos, but that wasn't bad. And I knew going to Africa that there was, there was a chance of some snakes and and some very, uh, like the world's most dangerous snake, but I didn't look into it. Didn't look into it. Didn't. I'm like, nope. nope Ignorance that, is bliss. Yeah, I don't want to know because this is amazing and I might have a crippling fear of snakes, but I'm just, I can't, I'm not, I'm not letting it win this time. I'm just going. But when we got out to the, just the pop-up blinds that we were doing, I was scared. And. Because it was dirt. Yes. And open in the back or yep. whatever it may be. And then I remember I got kind of relaxed about it and it was fine. And where you and Chris were sitting. Um, I was always sitting ahead of you guys and to the side so I could film. And they'd cut a little hole for the camera and the blind and everything so I could get the camera lens out of it. And there was a tree right there. And I remember the ground sloped a little because my freaking chair was slanted. (laughs) And it was so uncomfortable. But I sat there all day. And obviously, you know, I doze. We sat out there all day long. And so I'd be dozing. And the tree right there, I would prop my head up against it and sleep. And it was like the second half of the first day, I think we were out there. All of a sudden, I was kind of dozing off and I had my head against the tree. And all of a sudden, I heard something and I moved my head and looked. And there's this, not little, this big old, I don't, I don't think that one was a gecko. I think he called it a lizard. Uh, it was, it was a lizard. I can't remember what kind of it was, lizard it was, but it was like a, it was almost a foot long. Yeah, it, was it was big. It was a good sized lizard. And, it wasn't like an iguana. It wasn't uh, It was gross. It was just a, it is a solid lizard. It, it, was, it was an African lizard right by my head. And all I could picture was, yeah. The yeah, you freaked. So, but I didn't scream. Nope. I didn't do anything. I just, <gasps> and I was like, oh my God, oh my God. And so then from that point on, I had to sit like in this crooked slanted chair and I couldn't like lean anything. So then I learned how to sleep over top my knees, like kind of folded up. Yeah. Because you're not scared of lizards per se, but you look at them like... Um, a snake like with s- legs. A snake with legs. Like snakes before Lucifer talked yes. um, Adam and Eve into eating the fruit. Yeah, he was a and lizard. And then God's like, you're on your belly. Call on your belly for the rest of your life. You're on your belly life. now, bitch. Yeah. Biting ankles and shit because you, you, you tricked them. Yeah, pretty much. Yep. So, yeah. But Africa is fucking awesome. I can't wait to go back. I know. And we're going back. In 2024, August 26th through September 3rd. Actually, Everybody come with fact. us. Yeah, I, I don't know how many slots we have available, but we have we need to come. slots available. So, and the wives get on there because uh, Stuart was just on working class with um, Sam Gaylord and Linda Gaylord. They were on work class episode. They're talking all about it and stuff, and we're getting ramped up. We're getting ready to go. So it's like 
if you guys are ever interested in going to Africa, like I, we highly fucking recommend it, especially like if you have a, if you have a wife or even like an older kid, um, it's just, it's amazing. Oh my gosh, it's amazing. And I don't know what the drinking age is in <laughs> Africa, but it's gotta be pretty young. So if you have like an 18 year old kid, yeah. you're like, you can't drink in America, but you can probably drink in Africa. Probably 18, you I can think. buy a driver's license where you can get, you have alcohol tolerance the more you pay for it. Yeah. Yeah, you like buy- driver's license you have. I'm what? Like, well, what do you mean? They're like, well, you can have a driver's license where you can only have this much alcohol, or you can have this driver's license that costs more. You can have this much alcohol. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa! You can literally pay to drink, to and, drink, drink and drive. Yeah, in open containers, not a thing. Yeah, you can drink in vehicles. It's wild. It's crazy. It's so it's wild. An, it's such an amazing country, though. It's so fucking fun. So August twenty sixth, September third is our Africa trip. And it's going to be great. Um, so we're doing a gun bow camp quasi. I think everyone is, has the opportunity to do gun or bow. But if you're going to do gun, ours is going to be more gun focused, I guess. And we're going to be out there walking and stalking. And that's one thing, too. Like in North America, when we're talking rifle hunters and gun hunters in North America, people kind of poo poo on them, especially bow hunters poo poo on gun hunters quite a bit because they're like, oh, fucking, blah, blah, blah. it's easier. And da, da, da. But in Africa, it's, I don't know, it's just so different because you're walking through this mm-hmm. thick bush. The bush. You're walking through the bush, and you're tracking, and you're moving, and it's exciting, and it's Watching so... Watching out for black mamas. Oh my gosh, it's so much fun. Like, we did a little walk and stalk on, our sa- on the sable. We mm-hmm. walked, went to that water hole, and there's a really nice sable on the water, and he kind of bumped off, and we just went after him. And that was... The whole time was just like heart pumping, it fucking was. exhilaration. It was awesome. It was so much fun. Like I've said this a million times, like bow hunting is so enjoyable because it's hard and it's hard to get drawn. And it's really, it's different, but it, let's be honest, it's 95% boring as fuck. And then like 5% like, holy shit, this is amazing. And that 5% is fucking awesome. But when you're gun hunting, it's just a completely different, I almost don't even like comparing bow hunting versus to gun hunting because it's just two completely different experiences so it's like when you're in africa you're walking and stalking you're climbing through the bush you're going through this thick nasty shit tracking um prints in the sand and then when you finally find him you're, you're like catching glimpses of him like oh shit oh fuck oh there he is okay we gotta move over here move 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 move. oh get over here okay there he is like oh see if he stops he stops okay you have a shot no i don't have a shot fuck and you gotta keep moving you're you're running you're gunning and it's exciting and then you finally get that that split little opportunity window to be like okay there's my shot squeeze it off and then it all works out and he drops and you make a good shot and you're just like holy fuck Mm -hmm. that was amazing and then you just think about how crazy the past like uh however long it was it's just it's so much fun so i highly recommend if you guys are interested in going to africa like bring your bring your wife bring your kid if they're however old they are it's just an amazing experience, and I can't recommend it enough. And we never even thought about going to Africa before no. until it happened. And then it's like, we want to go as much as we can. And we have that full sable hunt. I was so happy. I got that full thing on film. It's on YouTube on under the working class. So you can go watch it. Um, you have a, a reel of it on Instagram. Yep. But we have the full... I had hopped out of the truck because we were driving... You guys spotted it, and we hopped out of the truck and went after it. And yeah, it was it was exhilarating. It was so fun, and for all the wives out there. So yeah, when it came to Africa, that 
it was intimidating for me to go that far and that far away. And I've said it before, I'll say it now and I'll say it a million more times. That trip was like, it was like, if a trip's going to be life changing when it comes to travel, that was it. Like that really just like sparked like a whole new, like travel whatever in me because it was just so unbelievable it was so beautiful it was so and where we stayed the accommodations so ladies that three percent whether you're bots or not listen to me (laughs) that the accommodations there were uncomparable to anything you've been to here in the states we honeymooned you know at an all-inclusive resort we had all of that Mm -hmm. this was different this was all of that with like the care. Yes, the camaraderie, the caring vibe. We had the same chef. We had a chef there. First off, we had a chef. A f- fucking legit we had, chef too. Yes, Charles. The Charles man. is the man. He was the best <sighs> chef ever. But that was the thing too. Is like every night we went back to camp. We got around the fire. We we did the same thing. You know, everybody's still in their hunting clothes. We're talking about the day. Charles is cooking fresh killed meat. You know. In front of us and everything like that. And, you know, we're we're having ginger brandy and... And he's yelling at us to shut up politely so he can explain <laughs> yeah. every dish that oh. he made. And he's, he, he just works so hard at... And he's oh, like, I just want to explain clap. to you guys what you're about to eat. So yes. you, need to, you need to know what I'm about to say. You need to understand what you're about to eat because it's going to blow your fucking mind. And it did every single time. It was the best. It was the best food I've ever eaten in my entire life. I'm a food gal. I like just about every food ever. And it was just the best food, the best meat I've ever experienced, you know, and, but he cooks over an open fire. Oh my gosh. Remember the meat sauce that he had with everything. So So good. But, and especially where we stayed. So, you know, we stayed in yurts, but that's not even like a fair name. If you Google what a yurt is, what we stayed in, it was like. It was soft sided tents with hardwood flooring <laughs> with a fucking bathtub. With a, so it was huge. Armoire. It's probably two of your regular sized like king hotel rooms. You've got yeah. your king bed, you've got your living room area, you've got your fridge, you've got your soaking tub, you've got your double sink. You have an outdoor brick shower if you would like to do that in the I did sunset. Do that one time. Yes, if you want to do that in the sunset, literally of Africa, because the, the and this is where we're staying again yeah. during these dates. So we've been there. Uh, the the yurts have air conditioning. They have heating. You've got all the hot water. Um, they do your laundry every day for you. There's always candy dishes in there that are fully stocked every single night because I always ate, took all the candy. You know, when you go to Africa and you're going out to the blind in the morning, they pack a cooler. They pack beer. They pack pop. They pack yeah. water, jerky, African candy that's so freaking good. They haul you back in for lunch. Charles has a meal prepared for you for lunch. It's just, it was unreal. And then add in amazing hunting to that. Mm-hmm. You could have taken out all the hunting and I would go back. Yeah. The accommodations were that wonderful. Yep. And then you add, and then on top of all that, add in the hunting. It's just, it's, you got to go. It is remarkable. Yes. I did take a shower in that fucking outside shower once. You did it at night though. Yeah. Do it when the sun's setting. Yeah. Well, you're hunting generally during that time. Oh yeah, we were. But, uh, yeah. But if you do, or if you do get done early and you want to take a sunset shower, it's, it is cool. It's badass. But when I went down there, I did it at night and I tell you why I'm like, I'm going to go fucking shower because I feel like a, 
uh, a big Man. child in this bathtub bathing. <laughs> in the so, soaking tub. Yeah. and It, it, it had the it's shower kind of funny. thing. It's kind of funny because it's all open. So yeah. it's like Ashley's just sitting there on the bed <laughs> watching me bathe. I'm like, hi. Right. We <laughs> big, had like the trifold shutters yeah. that you could put up. She's in there like looking all elegant bathing. I'm like, nice. And I'm in there. I'm like, I'm a big dumb ape <laughs> scrubbing my fucking armpits with a washcloth. Like literally looking like, an, like, an, like a gorilla in a bathtub. I'm like, what the fuck? This is crazy. <laughs> I have a picture of you. I know. In your head. All you can see is... It's like level with the floor, and it's the soaking tub, and you see your knees up and your head up, and yeah. you do. I'm hunched. It, and I'm you hunched, fit in it, and I'm hunched up. Yeah, but I was hunched yeah. too, like trying to scrub my armpits, like a like <laughs> a fucking like a gorilla, like not even joking. Like I look like a gorilla in there is ridiculous. Oh. So I'm like, I'm gonna go take a shower. So I put on my Crocs when I walked out there, and I'm showering and stuff, and it's nice. And I look up on the brick. I'm like, oh, there's a. Gecko. I'm like, oh, there's another gecko. Oh, there's a, like a lizard lizard. I'm like, cool. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, it's like, and then a fucking monkey comes up and it's like walking around watching me. I'm like, God dang, this is wild, dude. Holy fuck. Like, what next? A fucking, uh, 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 lion? Uh, a lion jumps out? There wasn't lions fucking, there. Yeah, no, there wasn't. It, we there was leopards. There. there were leopards. Like, a leopard comes out. It's like, and fucking, like, oh, God. Now I'm going to have to fight this fucking leopard naked. Well, at least I'm standing, I guess. But but where was, else can awesome. you shower outside and have monkeys? Nowhere in a zoo. They don't have that. My zoo would. But, King Jake's zoo. Know, King Jake's King, zoo would King have Jake's a, world. You'd be able to go out there and shower with the monkeys. That'd be pretty sweet. But yeah, no, Africa's badass. Yes. So, um, if you guys, us. if you guys want to know, you know, you can always hit hit us up on Instagram or um, email or whatnot, and we'll get you some answers. I think. I, I think we're going to, it sounded like we're going to do another Africa, um, what you want to call it? Meeting? Hmm. What the fuck did they call it? Podcast? No. What we did last time? Oh, a clinic. Clinic. We're going to do another Africa clinic because I'm like on that podcast. Oh, that's good. I didn't know about it until the, I listened to that podcast on working class. I just saw that podcast. about it, but. And that'd be nice because we had. So many questions, all of us. Kurt, like we we started a group chat and we had so many questions down to just like the plugins. Do we need to take different plugins? Do we need to take converters for our we, plugins? We took them. They had them there for yeah. us, though. We we every, all bought. Everyone them. said take them, but then when we got there. They already had them yeah. in there. Because that's, that's Stuart, and he's the shit. And he's like, I'm gonna run a fucking good ship here. Yeah. So, so but we just had, you know, especially the females too. We had a lot of questions. Yeah, hair dryers. Kurt Kurt threw us for a curveball. It was Leah who asked something about it had to do with blow dryers or something. Some, oh, she asked about something. She's like, "I'm just want to know, like, because of my blow dryer, haha." And he was like, "No, there's no electricity in where we're staying." Oh, that's right. <laughs> and we're on this group chat. She's like, "What?" And he's like, yeah. "Oh yeah, there's none there." She's like, "Well, what are we going to use to like charge the camera batteries?" I'd be like, "Same thing at Bear Camp. We'll have a generator a solar, there, a solar and, panel and stuff." And uh, like. You could literally, because you can, you know, on Facebook Messenger, that's where it was. You can see everybody who's viewed it. And me, Leela, and Leah had all viewed it. And you could tell all of us were just freaking out because nobody said anything. <laughs> we're like, what? A bunch of, a bunch of no, messages started and stopped, started and stopped. There's no electricity. We're like, you know, you could just tell all of us were freaking out. And then Kurt sent a picture of like an, like an old black and white picture of a African tribe, like in the dirt mounds. And he's yeah. like, yeah, this is who we're staying with. He's like, I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah. they have electricity. <laughs> like, we're literally heated and air conditioned there. That we're like, was a good one. oh my god, phew. That was a good one, though. It was. I believed him. I'm like, what? 
like that's okay i guess but I w- shit w- w- i wasn't expecting that for shit. seven days hell yeah <laughs> <laughs> no it, it was it was awesome it's like a hunting vacation it's kind of bougie it it's badass it was nice mm-hmm. it's nice it's a nice break because north america hunting is generally like like arduous tasks mm-hmm. you know like especially if you're elk hunting it's like you have to climb mountains and fucking live on the side of the mountains whatever else it, it it's just it's it's cool because you go out there you hunt hard but then uh, it's nice to know that you're going to go back to a really nice comfortable yeah. spot to relax at the end of the night have it's just fun. it's nice and the camaraderie sitting around a campfire talking telling everyone about what you saw that day and drinking beer and taking Ginger shots brandy. and getting fined and all that good stuff. So the fines, that's, that's one of the funnest part. It's yeah. Fun. Built that camaraderie quite a bit. For sure. And you've got your pHs, so you'll have a pH with you. All of them are wonderful. We didn't have one bad one. No, they um, were amazing. Johan got sick, he but still that wasn't, out. that wasn't his fault. Like, no. He, yeah, he still went out and gave yeah. it his all, but he was fucking sick as fuck. And it's like, you know, Hey man, for like two days, yeah, he was down for the count. That sucks. But what do you do? I think they even made a kill when he was sick, didn't they? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, multiple <laughs> kills. He was sick the majority of the time. Like, yeah. when we first got there, and he's like, I'm not feeling so hot. And then it was like, now I'm sick. Now I'm really sick. Now I'm fucking sick. And then it's like, now I'm starting to feel a little better. And then by the end of the end of the trip, he's like, I'm fine now. <laughs> yeah. So, like, the majority of their kills were when he was sick. Like, he's just, but he's, yeah. he's, he's great. You know, and we still stay in touch. I think all of them. us stay in touch with our PHs. We stay in touch with Chris. So. Hey, Chris, if you're listening. Yeah. Say, you comment on us. There's a, there's a few South Africans that listen. And I think it's just Chris oh. from different devices. But oh, we can't <laughs> say enough good things. I'd say our PH was the best. Mm-hmm. Everybody probably says that, but I mean it. And what, Eric and... What was his name? Ethan? Ethan. I mean, they're like... they're. If you think it's married, I think Eric's like his best man now. Yeah, at least a groomsman. <laughs> Something in it, at least. <laughs> They'll be in attendance. Yeah, we were at a trade show and stuff, and then he, like, Ethan just like FaceTime him randomly. Yeah. Like, what are you talking to? He's like, Ethan? Like, oh, hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So definitely the camaraderie was there, and it was just so fun. And a big question. They have Wi-Fi, too. Uh, they don't yes. have it. So during the day, they shut it off. So, But at night, when you go back, um, we were all able to FaceTime. Um, our loved ones, our kids, you know, uh, catch up on anything that we needed to. Um, we weren't off the face of the earth. We were just off the face of America. Right. Yeah. So that was nice. Yeah. Uh, and if you have international calling, I think there are cell towers out there too, but we just didn't have, we had it turned off cause we got fucking didn't want to get charged. Yeah. We just connected to the Wi-Fi. Yeah. Just con- cause everywhere, everywhere you go, you're going to have generally have Wi-Fi. Like and you go into a building. It seemed like like the air. What when I say that, I mean the airport and then mm-hmm. our camp. So and they met us at the airport. Um, we joke with Stuart because he was late picking us up. We had the times wrong, and he said that's never happened. And I highly doubt it'll ever happen again because we gave him so much shit. He Still, felt so bad to this day. Give him shit. Yes, he'll never live it down. No, he won't. So for he as long never- as he knows us, he'll never live it down. <laughs> no. But yeah, they came and picked us up, you know, and they were very much in the airport carrying our luggage. Like they were. Was it three a.m. we got there, or was it five? It was three a.m. And And he he thought thought it was was three p.m. versus land. He did answer the phone though. He did. And they were there with basically travel time plus maybe what twenty minutes. Yeah. Ready to get us, Stu? Where the fuck are you? Mm, Sleeping. (laughs) 
Wrong answer, bud. It was funny because after <laughs> everybody got to know each other, it was probably like the fourth or fifth night. We were giving Stuart shit about it. And the PHs finally kind of spoke up. And I remember Chris being like, yeah. I, uh, I had to go because I lived closest. <laughs> well, well, he said too. He was like, you know, the night before, I was like, yep, I'll get up at this time, get all my stuff rounded up, I'll have plenty of time in the morning because they're not going to be here till the afternoon. He's like, I had it all scheduled. And then I got a call from Stuart. We got to go now. Like, they are here fuck. now. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh shit. That's what that, stuff like that just adds to the whole experience, though. Yeah. Like it wouldn't be. I don't know. And we went to a restaurant, <laughs> the airport. Those, yeah, but like those little those little bumps and stuff are just what makes the experience. Like we're all tired and jet lagged and everything else. And we're like, God dang, I just want to get to fucking camp. But that's what makes the experience even more unforgettable. It's just yeah. like all the just the it's just so different and exciting and mm-hmm. you know, you're gonna have little bumps in the road and stuff like that, but it's just it just adds the whole experience and it's fucking awesome. Yeah. So. And we had a good time. We went to the restaurant in the airport, we had cappuccinos, we were jet lagged. Good time. Yeah. Went in the bathrooms that had either the squatting or the regular toilets, thank God. Yeah. Yeah. Don't squat in those toilets. But... Yeah, well, I don't know. We're on like fucking over two hours now. So. That was a good one. That was a good one. It's always fun. Yeah. I catch up with you every night, but it's fun getting on here and talking about this mm-hmm. stuff. So a table talk. Yeah. So thanks for coming, guys. And uh, sign up for the Africa trip. Um, we'll talk about more stuff in the intro. I'll do that well we might do that together still we'll just probably record the intro right after this all right well see you in the next one thanks guys peace